Hi, everyone. Uh, I am Christian, the Primogen, and uh, I'm, we're all here today to have a little bit of a vampire chat um, called the, the Beckoning, right? I was going to say the Reckoning, but it's Beckoning. <laughs> uh, and with me, we have... Hello, I'm Josh, or Jurish, and I am a streamer, YouTuber, role player. You may know me from Roll For It's Sounds of Silence as Shuichi Saito, a hideously uh, horrible Tremere. And I, I I love Vampire, I love World of Darkness, and I started my own channel talking about role-playing and vampires called Strange Adventures, where we do all sorts of stuff. Talking about bloodlines, talking about video games, role-playing, all sorts of fun things. Uh, I'll... <laughs> yeah, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. Sure. Um, who, which one of you wants to go? I, yeah. Huddy. Uh, Hello. Huddy. <laughs> Um, I'm Huddy or Huddy von Schland. I have a YouTube channel where I do um, lore videos about Vampire the Masquerade. I do Let's Plays and uh, just started streaming. And I also do lore videos about other things like Norse mythology from the new God of War game and stuff like that. And I love Vampire and I'm, I'm a baby vampire, I, but I'm really trying to be a higher generation or a lower generation rather. <laughs> That's it. And Outstar, I guess you, well, you can introduce yourself as well. It's your channel, but. Yeah, I mean, we are doing uh, streaming on both channels, I think, both mine and oh, Josh. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Sorry. and I think this later on will be also available for other people. But for those of you who are right now in the chat, you can type Expansion Mac Host to check out the channels of all these wonderful people because they're awesome and I watch them a lot. And uh, yeah, I'm Outstar and I do vampire stuff, mostly. I, I am crazy about Vampire the Masquerade. I... Uh, uh, run and co-run the, the Discord server Seattle by Night, where we roleplay Vampires Daily. And I do a lot of vampiric things on YouTube as well. So yeah, that's me. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's very awesome. Um, I realized I didn't mention what I'm doing. I'm, I do lore videos, essentially. And I started streaming a little bit. I did Codries by Night. And I started doing Bloodlines as well recently. I have never played Malkavian on it. So I started playing Malkavian. And I fell sick during the middle of the stream. So I kind of just slowly collapsed. Uh, but yeah, it's really awesome to have everyone here. Uh, super excited about this. This started out as kind of like a idea bouncing thing. Uh, and here we are. It's the 28th. I hope everyone's uh, comfortable because we're going to do, we're going to talk about vampire. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get into it. Yeah, we're That's, really going to get into it. it. Looked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be uh, very in-depth. You're going to hear all our dirty little secrets. Um, I do have the dirty little secrets of the black hand here, but I don't think it's canon anymore. No, I don't think so. Oh, thank, thank God. <laughs> I am already um, ashamed of the things I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> don't be. It's fine. We we all have our dirty vampire uh, <laughs> memories. I keep saying dirty. Um, <laughs> He's a dirty bunch. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Clearly been reading Eternal Hearts. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite prose ever. It's it's my favorite it's, piece of fiction. Yeah, <laughs> it's something. It's something, all right. It's favorite something. Um, but I figure we can start with a little bit of a warm-up. We've talked about our channels a little bit, so we've, we've already gotten into that. But how about we start out with... Where did we start out with Vampire and World of Darkness in general? Because that's usually where you'd start out, right? Like uh, First Memories... Uh, some cringe-worthy experiences that you want to share, and some you don't want to share, <laughs> and um, like stuff like that. So, I started last time. So, how about we start with Outstar this time? What's your history with Vampire? 
and World of Darkness. Okay, so my story is kind of typical. I mean, typical for young people like me. <laughs> so basically, it started with Bloodlines. Uh, I think it was the first contact I had with Vampire the Masquerade in general. I dabbled a little bit in role-playing before with Dungeons and & Dragons, and that was my introduction to role-playing in general. But uh, back in the days when I was a teenager um, in, uh, in the ancient Poland, uh, what happened is we didn't really, uh, I mean, okay, piracy was very popular. Let's just say that because uh, video games were super expensive and uh, rarely anyone could afford it. And my family certainly wasn't the one that could afford to, to buy me video games in the amounts that I wanted to play them. So fortunately, I had the older brother. And my wonderful older brother was uh, studying then, and every time he was coming back from his university, he would bring me back a lot of barely legal things, <laughs> like music and movies and video games. And uh, one day he brought me Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, uh, which was the game which I played when I was 14. I know, I was pretty young. The game is not for kids like that, probably, but uh, the plus side of that was that I learned English from that game a lot, because I had to play with a dictionary, because I had no idea what these people were talking about, because the English was kind of advanced for a little me. And uh, yeah, that's, that was my introduction. I fell in love with the setting. One year later, I was walking to the school with a backpack with a huge Tremere logo on it, because Tremere's were my favorite back then. And um, yeah, from then it just started to kind of unfold into role-playing, into doing a lot of other activities, um, meeting people who are playing Vampire as well. And when it comes to uh, embarrassing moments, I guess I will leave it for later. But right now, I will let others speak. <laughs> wow. Yeah, well, Tremere is a great clan to start with. A little bit difficult. But um, wow, you say an ancient time ago. But you, you, you don't look that old. <laughs> I mean... My real age is, you know, it, it will be a masquerade breach. To, to uh, okay, it, okay, so. let's, uh, let's, let's not uh, tell the kind. I, I mean, the mortals about that. Um, thank you very much. Who wants to go next? I can quickly go over my intro to the All world right. of darkness, which was um, I was asking my friends about a and d campaign that they were just finishing up, and they were like, no, uh, there's no room, and it's almost over but we're about to play this thing called Vampire the Masquerade and it's modern day. I was like, that sounds way more interesting than medieval fantasy because it's never been my scene, but I did want to get into role-playing. So fortunately, one of my friends invited me to this group. And uh, of course, my first campaign in Vampire the Masquerade turned out to be a um, mixed players, as in there were mages, there were werewolves, there were vampires all in this Gehenna campaign. And together, over uh, a very long time, we ended the world together. And I, I will never forget my wonderful Nosferatu Alex getting his head smashed in by the strongest werewolf to ever exist. Oh. But uh, yeah, that, that was oh my. my introduction. <clears throat> and then I realized gradually through this campaign that there was an entire universe of stuff that I'd missed uh, as I, I was I was a wee babby in the 90s, so I'd missed all of that. And eventually I, I just delved book after book and began, like, restarted my love of it with the fifth edition, basically. I rekindled it for me, and now I'm not going back. <laughs> well, that's relatable, for sure. <laughs> fifth edition, actually, 
when I first started, I was like, oh, this this is this is new. I haven't seen this game, these games in a long time. Um, thank you very much for sharing, Josh and uh, Huddy. Do you wanna do you wanna tell us about your history with vampire? Oh, sure. It's super short. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I have a really weird like background, like really religious and culty religious, like skirts and no makeup and jewelry, no jewelry and things like that. So I, I, I always liked like Gothic and vampire stuff. And it was always very, you know, like, whoosh, don't talk about it. <laughs> um, but as I got older, um, you know, my cousin got a copy of the game. It was in Russian. So I can speak a bit of Russian, but I can't read it. Ooh. And um, yeah, I, I tried to help her play it and she's trying to tell me things and I'm just like, oh, whatever, stupid. I started my YouTube channel and I got Bloodlines because I'm like, I'm going to play it. It's going to be good. And I loved it. I fell in love. I took the quiz and I got a Nosferatu. And I'm like, well, that's disappointing, but <laughs> typical. Um, I loved it. I named her Fugly, which was unfortunate for her. Um, but she was, I mean, I fell in love with the character almost instantly and, uh, I got obsessed, obsessed. And I got in touch with Ian Watson, um, who works for the Onyx Path Publishing. He started gifting me PDFs and explaining to me about lore. And I've just been literally in a free fall for the last three years. It's been unbelievable. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. I've been seeing you, uh, I've been seeing you crediting Ian a lot. I didn't know he, um, well, I know he's, he's a big, uh, he's a big guy in the Onyx path right now. He's like uh, my guru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, wow. That's so you're, you're the youngest one of us, the baby. So I am the baby. We're the yeah. neonates. I guess you could say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's being no. generous, I think. No, but sure. no, no. Okay. And silly. So it's okay. <laughs> no. Um, as for me, oh, thank you very much for sharing, by the way. Um, as for me, it started out, I think I got the, um, I think it was my 13th or 14th birthday and I got some money to buy a book with, and I went to the only role-playing game store in Stockholm and I saw this Star Wars D6 role-playing game, the Western game. And I was like, I really want that one. And then there was a green marble book that I've seen a few times and I opened it up. And being a 13-year-old boy, it opened up to, this is the embarrassing part, to the Gangrel. Uh, this is the revised edition, by the way. So the Gangrel. And I was like, that's, uh, that's an interesting book. <laughs> so, um, so I actually bought it. I had a lot of trouble understanding it. Thankfully, I've been playing some computer games, a, a lot of computer games before, like Chrono Trigger and Super Mario role-playing game. So I knew some English, but it was a lot, it was a very difficult to, to understand. And nobody wanted to play it with me. So it took another two years before I found a group to play with. And the storyteller for that game was like 10 years older. And he was like, okay, these are the books you're allowed to read. You can read this book. You can read it. You're not allowed to read these books. <clears throat> no. Yeah, he was very, he had a good idea behind it though, because one of the books he told us not to read was A Dirty Secret of the Black Hand, um, arguing that he would destroy a vampire for me forever. And honestly, he's not too far off. If, if I'd been 15 year olds when I read it, I would have probably not liked vampire that much anymore. Uh, that being said, I played it up until I was like 20. And then it kind of, this was back in 2006, I think. So role-playing games in general were kind of not having a great time at the time. So I drifted off and played 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons for a while, which was... 4th edition? 4th edition. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it was... It kind of, kind of got me off role-playing games completely oh, for a no. while. <laughs> 
And um, I was like, this is just an MMORPG, but in imagination land. And then I think it was this summer I started watching LA by night. And I was like, oh, vampire is still going on. And, and then just down it went. Uh, I've been buying books every month, just stocking up on the old books. And uh, it's just free fall, like you said, honey. You, men- you mention LA by night and like immediately like the blood starts running. Oh yeah, yes. LA by night has done so much uh, for this game. And, uh, it's wonderful because LA by night seems to really spread vampire to the mainstream a little bit more. And yeah. I think it's a very good introduction point. And I really love the fact how, for example, Erika Ishii, she actually deliberately didn't read the whole book before going to the campaign. So she can yeah. Yeah. role play from the perspective of a Finblood who literally doesn't know anything. And I you love totally this. You tell too. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I absolutely love this. I love this approach. I love it's how... great acting. Yeah, Jason is also, um, of course, uh, a storyteller. I know that a lot of people who are super into mechanics, they may not like how he's sometimes shifting some things or allowing things that by the book wouldn't be allowed but i really like how he makes vampire approachable and i think yes. we need that because i really want this thing to get mainstream you know i want netflix shows i want hbo yeah, yeah, yeah i agree, I agree. <laughs> we need another kindred the embrace but not that <laughs> better than that i haven't watched what? the whole kindred the embrace yet should i do that Yes, you should. Oh, if only, if only to sorry, I've only seen little parts of it. I need to watch it as well. So yeah, if only to see a Nosferatu climbing out of a what do they call them where they keep the bodies in a morgue, like the oh, the ice box thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just crawling out of the ice box like he was waiting there. Either that, or he had a tunnel behind it. Either way, it's hilarious. Uh, Kindred, is, Kindred is amazing. They actually didn't have money to make um, a lot of the nightly shots, so most of the Kindred is actually shot by day. <laughs> like I heard that of the story i don't really know the details but i saw uh, parts of the episodes because i was trying to you know find some actual lore in them yeah, yeah. but I, I really need to watch the whole from the beginning to the end even if it's going to be a cringy experience i i, I, I don't <laughs> i don't think you're going to find any useful lore in them I'm sorry <laughs> i think their big issue with with that is oh excuse my dog he's sneezing and crashing into things <laughs> um uh, I think the big issue with that was that Buffy the Vampire Slayer was running at oh, the same time. And yeah. it was way better. And it was. It was. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, yeah, speaking of yeah. which, I actually wanted to go back to share the embarrassing story. Because <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it. <laughs> Something go for that it. I, I've been like recently uh, kind of rekindling in my mind uh, because uh, let's just say that I've been very much uh, just burnt against storytelling for a long time. And I've been literally only playing <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade as a player for the endless yeah. time. And just recently, I've been trying to slowly get myself into storytelling because yeah. um, after, you know, I got super into Vampire the Masquerade when I was 14, I was reading all the books. I had no one to play with. Other people just wanted to play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. The best thing I made people play was Call of Cthulhu. And that was something that I was storytelling for a bit. But uh, Vampire, yeah, people just didn't want to play it. And yeah. I learned all the books, um, on my, maybe not all the books, but the ones that were available in Poland. I learned them on my own. And I was waiting for this moment when I can finally storytell my own story. Which happened on my, I think, uh, after my first years of college, when I went to the summer holidays with my friends and I got insanely drunk. <laughs> and uh, I was, yeah, I decided I want to story tell a vampire for them. And they were like, okay, let's do that. And I was really drunk. And it was 
a massacre. It was so bad. Like were... literally a massacre, like in the story, or um, no? Actually, no one died, fortunately, except for all the NPCs which I made. Um, actually, yeah, it was like the story started, I believe, with uh, like a Ventru apprentice of a prince who was giving them quests, was supposed to give them quests, and she was on the high heels. And they almost immediately tried to kill her, and she was running away without celerity on her high heels. And it was it was a horror, and everyone was laughing at me, and all the ideas I was trying to push in there just to make my NPC stay alive. And actually, of course, the <laughs> other players were very much drunk, and they wanted to just deliberately ruin the whole campaign no, and destroy no. all my NPCs, which they managed to do. So yeah, um, it was very bad. <laughs> And after that, for all of these years, I, I haven't been storytelling at all. And uh, recently I got back to it uh, through the Discord campaign, which uh, is really cool experience. And I, I think I'm, I'm going to slowly gain courage to do this. But uh, this drunken session still lingers in my mind. And it's very <laughs> you can do it. I mean, how, how long ago was that? Like 10, 15 years? No, it was it was like nine years ago, I think. So. Oh, nine years. That's, 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 yeah. It's fine. It's fine. That's never going to come back to haunt you ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had um I had a brief period when I was LARPing a lot and we went to another city to LARP and uh, one of the guys who was running it he was actually playing an abomination like an embrace werewolf and he was named Gothmog and he had taken like pieces of fur like fake fur tiger stripes and zebra stripes and he just sewn them together into a coat and it was so hard <laughs> to take him seriously uh, because it was also being done in like this little sports hall next to a youth center and we were supposed to be Sabbat infiltrators I was a Toreador anti-tribute I ended up becoming the primogen because I just went up and sat down on the chair because everyone else was arguing <laughs> and and it was just I think it kind of it didn't put me off LARPing a lot but it was like this is I have this idea of what vampire is supposed to be and here's us we're not even like in the same ballpark um but i don't think i was doing that good of a job either to be honest i think it was like 19 at the time 18 so probably looking back at it through rose tinted glasses uh and uh i don't think i could have done a better job to be honest at the time but uh that was my uh, like the embarrassment was that i kept uh I kept breaking into laughter when he was talking and it was, it was horrible. I'm, I'm feeling really bad right now. I shouldn't have mentioned this. <laughs> Having okay. no experience with role-playing, I think you guys are way too hard on yourselves, honestly. I think we have to go for these horror stories to learn how to role-play better. And if oh, you yeah. want to get your personal self, like, uh, you know, approval um, or anything like that, just go to Reddit and read RPG horror stories. <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with that subreddit, but it's one of I my am. favorite things ever. I and, love it and I hate it. And I recall reading about one, uh, the, the most awkward and the weirdest Vampire the Masquerade campaign, which, uh, the you know, the person from the Fred the Redditor actually was sharing. And it was a campaign where a very, you know, a, a storyteller who seemed normal <laughs> just invited people to play. And the campaign started with them uh, going into the tower or into the skyscraper where the prince was. And they were going up the elevator and the elevator was stopping on every floor and there were 99 floors. And on every floor, the doors were opening and there was some kind of a sexual scene. 
Oh. And, and he was in detail describing the sexual, sexual screen by also adding the fact that you are enjoying what you see. Uh, <laughs> he was just going up yeah. and up every floor and they were just, they couldn't play. They, were, they tried to meddle with the buttons to stop the elevator from going, but the storyteller were preventing them from doing so. So oh my God. whatever Can you I... had, the, it, it's worse. <laughs> Big yikes. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Sure. Outstar, you did a video a few days ago where you were talking about uh, making your own character, right? Yeah. And role-playing. Yeah. And you specifically mentioned that you have personally run into a lot of people who try to use a lot of sexual things in Vampire the Masquerade. Is I would like to ask about that because I am confused because... <laughs> oh, oh, boy. <laughs> I'm confused because in version five, of course, you know, if your humanity is really high or if you're a thin blood, you can have the sex and whatever. But I mean, why would you want to... Is it just because vampire is sexy? Is that what it is? Like, what is that? Um, I, I mean, I, okay. So on one side, I don't blame it, really, because I feel like vampires were always connected with the sexuality and eroticism <laughs> and... Uh, eroticism is fine but then yeah. there's sex yeah well, I, mean, I, I feel like the the very origin of that or at least part of it was uh dracula the book oh, which yeah. was basically right. about sex is bad it will turn you into a vampire kind of um uh, analogy sex. where yeah. like uh it's various it basically connecting um having lots of sex with moral uh, right. Decay wasn't actually <laughs> In, vampire with the Y before Dracula. I think it was like the origins of the sexuality <laughs> and vampires. Possibly. Anyway, like yeah, yeah, gothic romanticism and stuff like that. But that's, it, yeah. that, that's what uh, vampires came to mean at that point, and then people evolved on it, and then there was like various revolutions where vampires came to mean, uh, especially in the nineties super sexy person who yeah. has very alluring supernatural abilities yeah. and then the movie that evolved and i think it went in like 20 different directions at once because mm -hmm. then there's the bdsm uh uh groups who were interested in um in, in blood and stuff like that and that mm. uh cross-pollinated into uh their, their fun sexy times uh and then there were uh people that just enjoyed like Steph Stephanie Meyer was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. the Twilight writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and, mean, and stuff like that. So it's. <laughs> I yeah, mean, it, it kind of connects. You know, everything connects because both mm. the interview with the vampire, like who wouldn't want to bank these vampires? Like then you have, uh, of course, Twilight, which also yeah. was kind of sexual. Blood. Someone's mentioning True in blood. the chat. Yeah, True of blood, course. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, of course, Queen of the Damned. Like uh, all the vampires mm. from Anne Rice, they are very much bangable. Yeah. So it's yeah. understandable <laughs> that we connect them with sexuality in our minds. And in general, the whole concept of a blood-sucking creature who is beautiful and enticing and uh, you know, kind of like sneaks to your bedroom to to get your blood at night. It, it's kind of sweet, you know. It's cute. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. Cute, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's also like V five, especially like. I don't want to throw any shade on V5, but it's the horny on main edition of the okay, game. Okay, yeah, that's, I disagree. that's my question. That's specifically my question about V5. Yeah. I disagree completely because okay. I went back to V20 recently and I was like, what? I was, because uh, I didn't remember these parts of V20 when I was reading that. Maybe I just like tried to push them away from my brain. But V20 specifically says that vampires, uh, all vampires, not even like mattering of, this, of the humanity, they all can have sex and all of 
their bodily fluids are blood. Oh, and yeah. it is That's specifically right. mentioned the right. yeah, yeah, there it is. The, the bloody organs in the beds and stuff. So yeah, I think like it's it's V twenty, which is actually horny on main, while V five <laughs> is specifically <laughs> saying <laughs> you're not going to have sex or you're going to pretend to have sex if you have lower humanity, which I think is better, honestly. <laughs> I, I I didn't think we were going to go too deep into this issue, but... <laughs> but that was a question, um, yeah. <laughs> but that's my that's, fault, I'm sorry. It, it's like explicitly sexual stuff is very prevalent in B5, I, I, felt, I feel. Uh, I know I was raised on a revised edition where they just kind of on the side mentioned that being a thing you can do, but you're not really interested in it. Mm, same here. Yeah, but I think I think definitely starting with V20, it started getting more, you know, horny on main, as, as we say. I mean, I do notice in the roleplay when I, you know, we, <clears throat> we have uh, this big roleplay server and I am a part of a lot of other roleplay servers where, yeah. you know, in general, hundreds of people roleplay together. And I did notice that, you know, in general, the um, aspect of romance is very popular among these people. Because I think it's it's fun to roleplay romances if you yeah. know how to separate oh, yeah. yourself yeah. from your character, of mm -hmm. course, because self-inserting, as I said, may be video it's very uh, problematic when you you know self-insert yourself and then you uh, get some I don't know heartbreaks or stuff like I've seen people getting really sad about that but in general <laughs> with the romance of course comes that part the horny yeah. or main part of the players that we have to just push down like this is not fade the to RP server fade to, <laughs> fade black, to yeah. black yes fade to black but there are <laughs> a lot of servers of Vampire the Masquerade uh, role playing which do have not safe for work channels because there is a need for that apparently and uh, as much as we don't like it my personal server is just like not doing that we feel it's, no. it's weird um i i didn't notice that people have a need to do that you know to each their own uh, i'm not king shaming <laughs> it's, it's totally fine. Know, if people want to do that then you know the internet is free you do whatever yeah. you want but yeah. uh, in my group it's always like fade to black because um i really want to want to take that step in my friendship with my friends yeah i mean <laughs> Uh, it's just like um, someone was actually saying that that it is very hard to <clears throat> role play explicit sexual scenes in an interesting way. Actually, mm. it's like yeah. um, interesting role play is more about your personal emotions and your um, you know the reasoning, the meaning behind why we're doing these things. So there's like there's not much place in that role play um, in describing literally what we were doing with each other's bodies. So I would say that it's just not needed and it's fine to yeah. include the sexual themes, but I don't think like they are they should be prevalent if you want to yeah, have a high quality of a roleplay. That's my opinion yeah. too. I think I think there needs to be that you can have romance without necessarily having to have overt sexual themes oh, yeah. Yeah. consistently. Yeah. I mean, then you have games like Bloodline, which essentially starts like bam, right away. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really hope that we're going to have romances in Bloodline too, though. Oh yeah. Same. Same. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I hope that we get to choose who as well. Like, okay. Yeah. I know that yes. we are not talking pretty much. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that Bloodlines 2 topic is going to come later, but I need to ask, who oh, are yeah, you sure. Romans, guys, from Bloodlines 2 so far? Tell me. The Prince, obviously. Ah, uh, Alec Cross, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's... Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's a dad. <laughs> he's that, I was, I was going to say that, but I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that on stream, but yeah, he's that. <laughs> Josh, what about you? <laughs> Secretly powerful witch girl, Elif, obviously. I see. And you, Harry? The Toreador with the long hair whose name escapes me. Uh, the Toreador with the long hair? Uh, you mean Luke Rant? The, the yeah. one with the big boobs? Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I was very explicit about it, but yeah. I think, I don't really know yet, but I think Victor Goga looks super freaking cool. The mm. the Tremere guy. He just, Tremere. yeah, he looks Victor, really... uh, what was his name? Victor Goga. It's G-O-G-A. He okay, looks let me, really Let me good. check this guy out. Guy with the glasses? <laughs> the guy with the glasses, yeah. 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 Oh, now I have to go check. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough contender there for, for Vampire Daddy. Yeah. He's pretty good. <laughs> oh, <Anyway>. okay. <laughs> we, yeah. We're going to go to the <clears throat> next talking point. <clears throat> talking about horny on Main here. Uh, so, what is the best thing about? I guess we've kind of been ta- touching upon this a little bit. But what do you guys think is the best thing about World of Darkness and Vampire the Masquerade in general? Like, what part of the lore do you like? Or is it the setting or the emotions? Like, w- what gets you going back to the setting? How do you, how do you first, yeah. Um, the thing that I like the most about it is that it it's it's exactly, I think, Jersh, I think you said it. Uh, it's not a medieval fantasy thing where a bunch of heroes can come into a town and do whatever and then take off and then there's no real repercussions for them. Um, it's that it takes place in the reality and it's it allows a person to really explore dark things safely. That really um, speaks to me. I love this answer. I guess. Awesome. Thanks. I've been thinking about it all day because I've been freaking out about doing this all day. <laughs> this is the first time my face has been on the internet. Oh. Live streaming. This is the first time. We're blessed, guys. Oh, yeah. We're blessed. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Blessed. <laughs> right. Who uh, who wants to go next? I mean, I can, I can say that uh, for me, it was the combination of two things. Back when I was a teenager and I got into Bloodlines and Vampire Masquerade in the process, it was about similar what Hadi said, you know, the compilation of the real world with that world of darkness, which made it more, more enticing. And, you know, as teenagers, we are all kind of not very much, we, we don't feel welcome in the world for a variety of reasons. You know, some of us are bu- bullied, we have family issues, we have, you know, school issues or whatever. And I think all teenagers come for that phase where the world starts to be really grim and dark place. And that was certainly a thing for me. And I kind of found some escapism in World of Darkness because for me, it was like I I was living in a small town, which was super uninteresting. There was nothing happening ever. I didn't really have a lot of friends uh, in the town. I had a lot of online friends, but uh, I couldn't meet them because I was too young to travel. So um, I remember going out and just, you know, walking with Bloodline soundtrack in my earphones on my MP3 player or Discman or whatever I had back in the days. And uh, imagining that this world actually exists, you know, and that place, everything is much cooler than it actually is in reality, which was a a very wonderful experience and, you know, a great way of survival of these dark times uh, of, of being a teenager. But nowadays I feel... You know, when my life is better and everything is great and I don't need that escapism, I actually find this kind of twisted the other way around. I like the darkness and suffering of World of Darkness. I like the fact, you know, I often repeat it on my channel and people say I'm a masochist, but I love how emotional the campaigns can get. And I love the fact that my characters are being put through this horrible shit which puts them through a lot of troubles because it makes me feel a lot of more things than when I play D&D and I play to win. 
which usually what the indie campaigns they participated in were about. So I feel like right now for me, it's just about these feelings and about, you know, this darkness of this world, the greediness. The same reason why I love hard sci-fi, why I love sad movies, why I love horror movies, you know, it's it just something that really uh, keeps me feeling, you know, it keeps me oh, yeah. feeling something, <clears throat> something special. I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, is it okay if I go? Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I, I agree a lot with the two of you before um, that for me, when I started out, I, I always kind of wanted the world to be more magical than it is. Uh, and I was always really disappointed that it wasn't. I lived pretty much in the countryside and pretty far from my school. So I used to walk really long, just like you. I used to walk really long distances listening to music. And I have these like planning out how the world should be actually like secretly. Oh, yeah, there's robots or whatever, you know, comics. And Vampire was so close to our reality, which is what I think appealed to me the most. That Yeah, the world of darkness is our world, but it's slightly darker. And of course, being a teenager, I was like, yeah, that's cool. I'm going to be a vampire. Everything's going to be amazing. Nowadays, I'd be like, yeah, I don't want to live in that world. That sounds terrible. Our world is terrible enough as it is. Um, but I do agree that uh, I also am the kind of masochist who loves watching horror movies and so sad movies and like things that get me emotionally, get me invested. Uh, and um, vampire is so much about the personal struggle to retaining your mortality, you, no, your morality, your humanity. And I think that's really something that you need to capitalize, capitalize on. Uh, that's how you Capital, say it. Um, capitalize, capitalize on. Yeah, thank you. Is that right? <laughs> I think so. Uh, be because, like, if you're just like, it's fun playing the Sabato, obviously, like being monsters, but playing someone who's struggling with coming to terms with the fact that everything they knew about the world is different and that they're no longer part of that anymore is is so perfect to me like a lot of other games that appeal to me are the same like cult for example the divinity lost game very similar to that i love it and it's just like yeah the world is different the world is different and you don't actually want to be a part of it but now you are and you make the best of it but I also really like the meta plot as well, which I didn't think I would. But now that I actually got into it, I'm like, this is this is good stuff. I don't I don't know why people wouldn't like it. I, I think uh, Beckett's Jihad Diary is one of the best vampire books out there. It's great. Yeah. And that's about it for me. I, I guess I'll finish up by basically saying everyone here, I, I agree with uh, to some degree, mo mostly a lot, uh, because... Um, the world of darkness and the vampire, the masquerade world specifically, I adore um, for, for all those reasons. But I, I guess I, if I had to sum it up, it would be the specific balance on a knife edge that you end up existing in where you want your character to have a satisfying death but also you want to keep going because you know you could accrue a little bit more power if you tried, or you could save that extra uh, NPC that you really love, or you could change the politics of the domain. And um, you you tend to try and, like, in your head, balance all these factors, and then, you, you know, your, your loyalty to your coterie, your players, your friends, your storyteller, the NPCs that you love, and just balancing all that in a character makes them, um, I, I feel it, in not, not all cases, it, it, 
I also enjoy it for the the breadth that it has. But when you're balanced on that knife edge, I am having the most fun because no matter which way I fall, and I will, um, the the satisfying splat at the at the end will be uh, all the more spectacular for it. Mm. Uh, no matter what circumstances may befall, mostly fire, I guess. Um, <laughs> you basically <clears throat> described the last 12 months of me role-playing, which is kind of spectacular how on point you are about <laughs> that. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's uh, what I love it for. And, and then you can bring in real-world politics if you want. You can bring in, you like even make it a bit more goofy because you're still supernatural weirdos with all these oh, yeah. oh, ridiculous yeah. abilities. And yeah, it, it can run the, the gamut between... Um, hilarious and extremely touching and extremely sad all at once um and obviously you can do that in any role-playing game or uh setting but the one that i've discovered so far that's most geared towards that is the world of darkness uh yeah it's yeah. great <laughs> definitely a fanfare for that answer that was a great oh, answer yeah, yeah. yeah. mic drop <laughs> yeah the podcast is over we'll yeah just... i mean to we could totally have ended it on that note totally yeah but we're not gonna <laughs> um thank you very much for sharing your experiences about vampire and what you like about it um we're going to jump up to the next conversation point which is actually going to be blood bloodlines both one and two and i was just figuring like what did you like about bloodlines what are you hoping for for the second one what do you think about the other PC games that have been released so far? There's two more. There's Redemption and there's Coteries of New York. And there's and one other... more. There's... Uh, we, it... we eat blood and all our friends are dead. Oh, but... oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. you can't get anymore. That yeah. one. I have it on my phone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I still have it on my Steam if they didn't delete it. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't think it's it matters that much, I guess, like the other mm, ones. No. Yeah. No. It's, it's a... Yeah. <laughs> well, we can start with, um, should we do it chronologically? Like, should we start talking about uh, Redemption? Who here's played Redemption, by the way? I've watched Outstar play it. <laughs> good, good choice. It's it's aged differently. <laughs> I, I own it, but I'd rather watch her play it. Yeah, I, I bought it in the last sale. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go through it at some point. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean, I don't want to tell you not to do it, but I'm going to tell you that you should probably watch out. <laughs> Because it's going to I'm be... going to tell you to watch her play it. <laughs> it's going to be a painful experience. Basically, I did play Redemption four times total. I finished it four times now. Mm -hmm. And uh, wow. twice I played it on my own. Uh, third time yeah. I played it on Twitch stream, and it was on the GOG channel. And I kind of promised people that I will you know, do a full playthrough with telling about the mm -hmm. lore and everything. And halfway, I was already regretting that. It was... <laughs> it was really painful. And then after I finished Bloodlines, I was doing a lot of vampire stuff on my YouTube and people were talking to me about redemption. I told one of my all-time friends who watched me on Twitch uh, that I want to do Redemption Let's Play. And he was like, you are insane and you're going to regret it. <laughs> 
I didn't actually. I, I had fun recording it. I think it was it was fun <laughs> in general, but the game is just very painful to play sometimes. Although it this is. particular playthrough was, I think, easier because comments people were telling me a lot of like tips on how to be stronger, a lot of things they haven't used before. So it was just a blast to play because I went through the game like a freaking thunder and it was <laughs> so easy. Uh, but uh, in general, it's a game which has a lot of great things and a lot of absolutely awful things. It's like half by half. When it comes to great things, I feel like it really tries its best to introduce the most of the vampire lore as it can, as it can really. Clan oh, lore, yeah. history, convention of thorns, the establishment of Camarilla and Sabbat and everything, the difference in between the Dark Ages and what is happening right now in the modern ages. Uh, everything is kind of like shown in this game, more or less. When it comes to bad things, the game is a very typical video game the game. So oh, yeah. you're playing as this, you know, uh, protagonist who doesn't really have any personality per se. Yeah. Christoph is just, I have a love of my life and she's a nun <laughs> and I'm going mm. to go for thousands God of years. God hates me. Yes. And I, I hate to be a vampire, but I have to be a vampire. And he's <laughs> An like, inserted he's... sad backstory package yeah. from... <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, he's like, he's this crusader guy. And for all of the eternity, he remains a crusader and he remains this uh, creature of God. Um, he's the most bland and boring protagonist a video game can have. <laughs> Absolutely. And the fun fact is there's a lot of NPCs who are super fun and they are trying to kind of get him out of his shell, but he remains in this shell until the very end oh, of the yeah. game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the game has very uh, fun dialogues, which sometimes get mm -hmm. very cringy, but mostly are very fun. And uh, like the worst of all, the gameplay just gets super tedious because it's just going through these dungeons where you kill immense amount of people and you just you diablerize everyone on your way with no repercussions whatsoever but <laughs> well, you don't get anything from doing it either so yeah it's... <laughs> just blood yeah. i guess so yeah the, the game is just i mean it, it can be fun when it comes to the arpg elements there's a lot of loot to get there's a lot of people to kill a lot of ways to kill people and there's some lore which is fun but uh, there's just a lot of things in this game which yeah. are uh, which get old very badly let's say I uh, I played it. I was 14 when I bought it. I actually bought it in the UK because I wanted to buy Diablo 2, but I couldn't afford it. But for some reason, Redemption was cheaper. Um, <laughs> I bought it and brought it home and I couldn't play it on my PC. So I had to play it on a friend's PC. And I think we spent about six hours trying to get through the second dungeon. Uh, which is a Cappadocian monastery. And then we were like, fuck this. And <laughs> we downloaded a, let a me, mod. Let me guess, you stumbled upon Mercurio and I couldn't kill him because a lot yeah. of people just like stop playing yeah. on Mercurio, who is just like a side boss, but he's the yeah. hardest boss of the whole game. <laughs> it's, it was so hard. And I was 14. I didn't know anything about this. So I was like, uh, let's just download a, a mod for it or a, <laughs> a trainer. That's what they were called back then. And we hacked the shit out of the game, then just stormed through it. Um, I do recall you get a werewolf arm at some point as a weapon. Do I misremember that? Mm, I think so. I mean, there's a claw or something. Oh, like yeah, that. werewolf yeah, claw. Yeah, yeah, I think you get one of those. 
it was an int- like the book, the booklet for it, which I don't have anymore, was really well done. It was done like a like a small lore book for vampires. It's beautiful. It's actually it comes with the GOG version. So if you buy the game on GOG, oh, you get the okay. manual in the PDF form. So oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great manual for yeah. it. Yeah, good illustrations. But it's aged like milk, like someone said in the in the stream. Not well. Um, I'd recommend watching a, a playthrough of it, preferably even one with just the cutscenes, because that's really all you need from that game. And Christoph is still around. He's in the Jihad Diary, I know. Yeah, and yes, Serena is in the new book. The Cults of the Blood Gods actually mentions Ooh. Serena, yes. Ooh, She's alive. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's something that I shared in the video today because uh, I, I was able to to read the full manuscript of the Cults of the Blood Gods. And fortunately, yeah. they do mention Serena. She's alive. She's in Jerusalem, I believe. But uh, the, the, game, uh, the, the book doesn't actually mention what she does exactly. Just that she still Wait, is there. Serena is the... Is she Giovanni? No, Cappadocian. Cappadocian. Oh, oh, so the... Oh, okay, cool. She's still around. That's... Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the, the traditional wow. Cappadocians are still there. There are not many of them, but they are still there. And uh, um, it, the, the book doesn't really say... Because you can play as the uh, Hajbringers of Asher, which are kind of a compilation of Cappadocian and her bringers of schools. But there is a mention of the classic Cappadocians, which are apparently still there. And maybe in the future, in the V5, they may join the Camarilla. Like, they mm. have plans mm. that this may happen. And it will be lovely. I would love that. <laughs> can, can I can I just say that I absolutely love some of the uh, tiers for the Kickstarter for B- Cult of the Blood Gods? Because yeah. you can literally decide what happens to the Conspiracy of Isaac, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. From Giovanni Chronicles, which I actually spend so much time trying to figure out like what happened to those people yeah um, now you can decide which is a, it's yeah. really good 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 thing they put in there yeah and about the redemption i have a question to harry uh how was it from the perspective of a watcher because yeah. i am actually wondering how people who haven't played it but just watched the let's play think about the game um well as a person who like I'm sort of watching you play it because so because I don't want to because it looks <laughs> difficult and uh, because I'm I'm actually just trying to get like the lore I want to see and of course you do an excellent job whenever any sort of lore is mentioned and you go into great depths and I always appreciate that so for me it's great to watch you play it because I don't have to and I get the lore so <laughs> but what is about a terrible the, answer what about the game itself like how the game looks like um uh, I'm a little bit particular about the games that I play because that's how my channel started was playing games. I'm a little bit particular. It's just like Primogen said, it just looks like it aged like milk and the mechanics look difficult and um, can't, I can't think. I have German English in my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, I understand that. I actually would love, that was my idea, which I shared with my friend once and he was like, nah, you're stupid. But I feel like maybe <laughs> I will find someone who will agree with me. I would love for people like developers of Grim Dawn to redeem redemption one day. Like make it into a modern ARPG in the style of Diablo. So you actually oh. have oh. I, I think like it would be really awesome to have the Vampire Demasquid game, which is focused on fighting and looting and killing, but with this kind of like a Diablo or Grim Dawn perspective on it. I think it would be that, really fun. That would work. Yes. So yep. someone agreed. I- I would that love would that in the world of I would like that for I don't know how they're gonna do werewolf earthblood. That's kind of what I want for that a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Just I, go I, around murdering. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but I think they're yeah. going to, to just go with what Cyanide does usually. I'm not sure if you played Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I like the Call of Cthulhu from from Cyanide. It wasn't the best game on the planet, but it was enjoyable. And if you're going to do something like that for a werewolf, I, I guess it's going to be you know a game I will play and probably enjoy. Yeah. So we'll see. But which, yeah, which Call good. of Cthulhu yeah. did they do? Uh, the Call of Cthulhu, not the Sinking City, not the Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of Earth, just Call okay, of Cthulhu. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to I just want to say that for the time when Redemption came out, it looked it looked fine. It looked it looked really well. Nice. Yeah, of course. This was before Warcraft three, I think. So, and it's a three D game, um, and it also has an engine for storytelling your own games in that setting. Which I just remember we didn't mention anything about it, which was pretty whack at the time. I think Neverwinter Nights had that as well. Mm -hmm. But yep. yeah, this one was real. Like it was very complicated. I never got it to work, <laughs> but I was fourteen. But that was a really cool feature. So that might be worth getting back to as well. I did not know that. Yeah, and it's funny because actually the main game doesn't uh, get rid of things which are only for the people who play the, the, the this particular module. So, for example, when you are already a very advanced vampire, you still get items for humans only, which are meant for oh, this oh, wow. uh, for this yeah. uh, multiplayer campaign. <laughs> oh, there are still people using that feature. Wow, <laughs> someone the Onyx Path just. Uh, <laughs> I actually That's... I've never got into that, but it sounds super interesting. It is, it is cool. It's a very powerful... If you know what to do with it, it's pretty good. Uh, should we move on to the second game? The one that introduced most normies to World of Darkness. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, Bloodlines. George, you want to um, kick it off? Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't play it when it came out. I, it was already a cult classic by the time I'd got my hands on it. But I... I played it the first time around as a gangrel, I think, and I ended up getting, oh uh, God, definitely past the haunted house. Like the entire beginning of that is a masterpiece in like introducing a person to a world, getting them to understand what's going on and then uh, scaring them away because the game's janky. But like the entire Bloodlines game is slightly goofier than most world of darkness stuff mm, and yeah. i really think that that kind of balance between uh, uh goofy weirdness and silly characters and then like blood everywhere when you're like trying to find a reporter who's uh, wait was that the reporter who had the snuff tape with the... oh i think so yeah yeah anyway uh it, it cut a real nice balance between those and the story element is definitely what pushed it forward mm. for um the first few years i imagine before the 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 mods came in that made it playable but i yeah i i, I thought it was a really fun um story it made you do some very basic but also relatively interesting decision making between i guess the anarchs and the Camarilla mainly, and it made you feel invested. Like just absolutely telling, yeah, totally telling a lot of story through uh, player interaction. Like uh, I feel like uh, a lot of the videos that I see about the game are mostly uh, most of the gameplay they show is like the hacking and slashing or the sneaking around or something like that. But I feel like ninety nine percent of the time I played it. I was staring at like at this section down here of the 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 game, listening to people talk and making decisions about what to say back to them and 
deciding how sassy to be and whether they mm. bite my head off for it. That's uh, that's what I loved it for. Um, yeah, giving I, the Baron a hard time is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're anarchs; they deserve it. Just putting that out there. Just Abrams. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason we don't have an anarch free state in Europe. Just saying. Ooh, shade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Bloodlines 1. I played it when it first came out. And that was just slightly before Half-Life 2 was released. So this was the first Source engine game that came out. Wasn't the same day when Half-Life 2 was supposed to release? I yeah, I think yeah, I think they pushed Half-Life 2 ahead a little bit. So it was I released so, yeah. on the day it was supposed to be. And you could tell that the developers did the best they could with the engine. Like the first thing that got to me were the eyes. Like the eyes, and they still look amazing in the game. Um, but what I really liked about it was just like Josh is saying, that uh the it 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 was self-aware enough to to kind of tune it up to 11 when it comes to the world of darkness. And um, I knew very little of American, like I knew very little of the meta plot in general. So when Beckett came around, I was like, okay, that guy's probably important. Uh, but man, just the Sabbat, the way they included the, that's Mitzi, for example, uh, and just made Andre. Him, yeah, Andre. And they just made him different from the other Sabbat that you meet. Uh, it was such a nice touch. Uh, the writing was really top notch. It, it bugged out on me because it crashed in the uh, Society of Leopold when you're escaping the underground cave. That's so... the box version, what it does. Basically, oh, yeah. when you buy the uh, game in the box, then you cannot go past the um, Society of Leopold because when you escape the Society of Leopold, when the countdown happens and you try to oh, get yeah. on the boat, <laughs> that's when the game ends and you cannot actually get past yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go into the... Um, what is it called again? The... When you press the button next, so basically I had to hack my way past that. So it skipped everything else up until the Venture Tower. No. So, yes, yeah, so I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, no. that's that's weird. <laughs> and I got in, and I think I killed Lacroix, and I was like, what? <laughs> what happened? And then, and then I didn't play it for another four years, and then I played it again as a Tremere, and I loved it. And since then, I haven't played it through. So I haven't finished the game in ten years, and wow. I'm really looking forward to playing through it again because. Very tired of Santa Monica. I've done Santa Monica like 20 times, but the rest of the game is amazing. I think so. How can you get sick through. of Santa Monica? Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but <clears throat> after a while, you know. Not me. But, yeah. But I really, I really like it because it it really knows it really knows its lore. It doles it out in really good portions to the player. It doesn't feel overwhelming. Well, it sort of allows the player to choose what they want to know because you don't have to ask all the questions. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a, it's a good game. It's a solid game. It still holds up. And you got to love the community around it. Oh, yeah. Bloodlines was just the most important game of my life, literally, for all the reasons. And when I started playing it, I, I was very lucky because I it was already after the patch and the, the initial patch that was released after the oh, yeah, release. Yeah. So... I don't remember it bugging out on me, actually. I remember the game was buggy, of course, and it was very janky in some moments, but it didn't really uh, matter much to me. I played a lot of Gothic when I was younger, so <laughs> I was kind of used to very cranky games. I just, I, I don't really mind games being mechanically bad or having a lot of bugs if they're good. 
I was just raised on games like that, as I'm saying, like Gothic, and there's a lot of games um, which are kind of similar. I guess Morrowind also had a lot of problems when it released, or New Vegas, I, I don't know, but basically, janky games can be fun, and Bloodlines mm-hmm. was the greatest. I love the writing, even though I couldn't understand it at first, but I slowly get uh, a knowledge to it, and it was great. I remember, though, my first playthrough, I actually really trusted and fell in love with Kuei Jin. <laughs> it was such a bad idea. <laughs> with Ming Zhao? Really? Yes, I loved her. She I mean, was so cool. Yeah, well, she's, she's pretty. <laughs> yeah, she was and pretty. And horrible, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just... A, she, I literally was manipulated like the protagonist was manipulated in this game. She was telling these things to me, and I was like... Wow, she's portraying this totally different world to me about Asian vampires and they can actually drink tea. Wow. And yeah, it was <laughs> that's insane. awesome. Yeah, I, I fell in love with whatever she was spurting out of her vicious little mouth. And uh, I I believed her. I trusted her. And I went with her and I was like, you know what? I want Quijin to rule Los Angeles. I felt so betrayed. The game played on my heart when the ending happened. And uh, yeah, this actually made me love the game because I uh, felt like, uh, you know, I was played, but I loved being played. It was this very good feeling of I was actually fooled by the game for the first time in my life. And it was great. And uh, yeah, and and the game actually caused a lot of things in my life per se. (laughs) It was was funny. I, I did tell the story often, but it literally affected my whole life partially. Because I, for example, I was learning English on it, right? And I was checking all of the words in the dictionary just to make sure that I know what they mean. And I passed through the mailbox of the main character. And on the mailbox, there was a name, Nivbed. And I didn't know, is that a name? What the hell is Nivbed? And I googled it and I found out it's actually the nickname of the concept artist, Justin Cherry of Bloodlines. And he was doing the, the wonderful artwork I immediately fell in love with. And through Justin Cherry, I found uh, these internet portfolios of a lot of amazing video game digital artists. And I said, damn, I want to be a digital artist in the future. So that's why I kind of ended up studying art for five years. And it was because of me, but because I fell in love with him. And uh, yeah, I, I just I kind of like got into modding scene because of um, because of Vampire the Masquerade. I tried modding Source Engine. It was my first attempt to mod any game. It was because of Vampire, and I got my job in City Project Red because of my modding experience. And they actually wow. saw my mods and they were like, "Okay, you're hired." So. Thank you, Bloodlines. <laughs> you know, really Turn it here, folks. Play Bloodlines and you will get anywhere you want. Yeah. yeah. I guess I was just it, like super crazy about it. And that's what's kind of kept me going throughout all this like game development stuff. And yeah. But that's amazing though. That's a really inspiring story. Like something that got to you so well that you you just you found your way in life because of it. That's uh that's wow. I'm yeah, it's, jealous, it's, it's, it's so cool because it's like your biggest passion in life, when you're passionate enough about something, it can literally lead you anywhere. Which you just have to be crazy about it and not be ashamed of it. Because I was never ashamed of the fact how crazy I am about it. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of blown away, actually. That's, 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 uh, that's really cool. Um, Hadi, do you want to... Run up bloodlines. Oh, yeah. Uh, I already talked about bloodlines, but I want to echo what Outstar just said. Um, literally, me playing bloodlines has, through series of events has led to me sitting right here, you know? So, 100% right. Play bloodlines, change your life. <laughs> <laughs> 
are you actually I mean, doing the playthrough right now on your channel, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, yeah, I'm playing through I'm playing through it again. I'm playing through um as a Malkavian. It's Mad Maxine the Malkavian. So I'm playing through right oh, now. Oh, I love it. I love her 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 assless chaps. <laughs> I absolutely love the lines of dialogue that Malkavians have in the game. They yes. are just so poetic sometimes and so beautiful, you know? Like there's some super excellent writing in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you play you played Fugly, right? The oh yeah. My first one was Fugly, the Nosferatu, who I identify with so much. You know what was funny about playing Bloodlines is I played other RPGs before, but never before had I felt so invested in a character in a protagonist that doesn't speak. Never yeah. before I'd felt so invested. Um so yeah. But um, I know we're going to probably move on to Bloodlines 2, but I do want to say in between Bloodlines 1 and Bloodlines 2, um, I did discover the Tender Beta app, the the ARG that came before that, the whole underground campaign thing that was so fun. And um, I meant to mention it in my update video. Uh, my wife reminded me after I had, like a few days later, she's like, why didn't you talk about this? I'm like, I forgot. Um, at the live event when uh, Tender, when they announced the Bloodlines 2 and they showed the trailer, um, they handed out a fake newspaper. Mm -hmm. that had different, my name was one of the answers in the crossword puzzle. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's Ian cool. Watson had sent me a picture of it. I have this newspaper somewhere, actually. Wow. I have it somewhere. Yeah. And she's like, why didn't you talk about that? That was a big deal. And I'm like, it was, wasn't it? I forgot. That's amazing. I actually was um, part of the tender event. And that was that was absolutely amazing because, you know, in general, I think as we are going to talk about Bloodlines 2 soon, it's good to uh, go for a little bit of a um, connection in between Bloodlines 1 and Bloodlines 2, right? Yes. So on the way, there was obviously World of Darkness Online that was supposed to happen. And F, F in the chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah, F in the chat, in the please. Chat, please. I was so much anticipating this game. In the meantime, I was playing a lot of um, The Secret World, and right. I really wanted The World of Darkness to be like The Secret World, because that was the game that I loved so much. And it was... When I heard about uh, the CCP games buying um, World of Darkness in general, the, 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 the rights to play the, to make the game, I was so excited. I remember I was talking to my friends about it. I was looking for all the news, looking for all these trailers and little tidbits that the news online were, were sharing. But when I was hearing silence, 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 uh, one year after the other, I knew that something bad was going to happen. And when they laid off all of these people from the studio in Atlanta, I believe, that was literally the day of mourning for me. I think I cried. I think I actually like, like literally cried when I heard about this. And okay. finally, when I learned that Paradox bought the rights to, to make uh, White Wolf games and to White Wolf in general, to this day, I have the playlist on Spotify I made with my friends during that day, which is basically made a playlist of vampire songs because we were so happy. <laughs> and we went like, we need to celebrate it somehow. Let's make a playlist. And yeah, we were celebrating for the whole day when we, when we learned about that. And uh, then the tender thing happened. And I made a video on my YouTube channel, which was kind of like, it kickstarted my YouTube channel into being the channel mainly about World of Darkness, because I didn't do it before. I just did the playthrough, and I didn't do YouTube much. So I did the tender video, and uh, it was crazy, because I was supposed to, uh, I, I wouldn't ever be able to afford going to San Francisco just like that. But because I was making my game, which I'm still making, by the way, and we are releasing it uh, next year, 
um, I got the scholarship to go to GDC uh, in San Francisco. And then they announced that the tender event is going to happen during the time I am coincidentally going to be in San Francisco. So it Ooh. was a, such a freaking wonderful set of events. And I obviously just started writing to them, please get me an invite, please get me an invite, which I finally got. And uh, when I went there, it was just all my dreams came true in one night. It was everything. I bet it was an awesome night. Yeah, like I remember standing in the queue to the event and uh, Jason Carl walking, like greeting everyone. This, this was the first time I saw Jason Carl in real life. And I was like, what is he doing in the sun? <laughs> it was like sun shining on him. I was like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> it was great. But, but yeah, I, I mean, that that time period from the uh, from the essential layoff of the people working on White Wolf, <sighs> the onyx path taking things over that was I, I mean i was kind of out of it at that time almost but i was reading stuff about it i was like this is not how it's supposed to go down like this is not worthy of white wolf like it's they need they and here we are the re renaissance like 10 15 years later finally and it, yeah and it ain't stopping it's just keep growing and i'm so happy for everyone who's still working for white wolf for onyx path obviously they they really did a great job uh stewarding it i guess you could say uh, in between and uh man bloodlines too i never thought i'd see the day <laughs> yeah me too i didn't know actually when i was in the tender event although people were like afterwards were asking it you didn't know really and i just didn't know it's going to be bloodlines too i thought it's going to be a new vampire the masquerade game but i would never guess that they actually are they are going to take this risk of trying to follow up the cult classic with the second iteration and mm. I am I'm just blown away by what they're doing. And I'm very happy with where the development is going from what I've seen. Speaking of which, have you guys seen the the gameplay so far? Like the the closed doors gameplay on ParadoxCon? I have mm -hmm. not. Yeah. Just so? Have you saw? Okay. Yeah, we, we, were, we were in the same showing, right? Yeah. So we, we were on the it, same showing? Where were we? I was sat like two seats behind you. Did you say hello to me? Yeah, we kept on disappearing. Every time I was like, I should just go say hi to Outstar. You were gone. You were like, Whoosh. damn, damn. Like, I, I, there are so many people I wanted to meet, including you during that time. And, ah, no. and that's a con curse. Unless you have a specific time and place decided, you, you're doomed not to meet up with each other. That's just how it works. So, uh, Josh, <clears throat> what was your, your like, um, impressions of what you saw? I kind of wanted it to be jankier. Like I, I wanted them to to really show right no, but you know why, right? Because it's not bloodlines otherwise. If it works properly, it's not bloodlines. You know and what? I was looking I have, at this I like this sure his impression. <laughs> That is not if what I expected you to say at all. I, I, I completely ceiling. agree. I completely agree. Exactly. If you accidentally open a door you're not supposed to open and the whole game crashes and you have to go to a save oh two hours God. before, if it's not that, it's not bloodlines. I want the exactly. doors to kill me. I want them to oh, kill yeah. me. You want to get stuck in the door. <laughs> you want to fall through the floor and get crushed by a Tsumitsu. Yeah. And then melt <laughs> together with, uh, with an NPC. Yeah. It's um, it like I a lot of people clearly were concerned about uh, the action parts of the games that they'd be able to do, and 
it looked like that would be fun and uh, they're clearly evolving that. But honestly, uh, all of the parts that matter to me were the story parts, the dialogue options, the 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 characters, and they were so rich and full of potential. Oh for yeah. Me. And then in between that, I was like, "Come on, come on, get stuck on the scenery once. Come on." And he did. Uh, and then like bouncing off of things, he's just flying through the air with the uh, uh, Chiropteran ability. That was great. That was all I ever wanted. Um, and then they were like, eh, "But we're fixing it." And it's like, <laughs> damn. Game devs doing their job don't properly. Fix it. Release a DLC with all the fixes in it. You don't have to get it. You can buy it. Because I think yeah. like the, the gameplay we've seen was actually a lot more, I don't know, it just looked more fluent and better than what was yes. released publicly. So yeah. there was a lot of more combat elements which were shown too. Like, for example, climbing on the wall and jumping down and pinning the enemies to the ground, which was super fun. And yeah, it just looked very good, you know, like all of the things I was worried about beforehand. I was worried about two things mainly. I was worried about the combat and I was worried that I will hate Dale Taylor. And here I come after the show. I love Dale and I love the combat. So. Dale's, Dale's one of the best. I, I'm so glad. Can we say this? That he gets to be our neighbor? Yeah. Is that the guy in, yeah, the, okay. in, the, in, the, in the robe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, the guy I love the, him. The with the goofy big hair. hair. I, I'm, I'm completely the uh, the noob when it comes to Bloodlines 2. I've only seen a couple of the trailers, so I, I love that guy as soon as I saw him. Basically lived it for a while. Can I, can I humble brag about a thing quickly? Oh, yeah, for sure. sure. Go for it. So uh, not this year, but the year before, I was at Paradox Con. Uh, I just wrapped up a... Uh, talk about uh Stellaris YouTuber Wars and we were behind the scenes we were talking mm -hmm. about all the things we we loved that Paradox were up to I was like you know you know what I've been playing Vampire the Masquerade revised edition for the last um oh god like year now I'm and and one of the community managers Susie at the time uh was like mm -hmm. oh yeah I've got something to show you and, and then um so it's past the NDA now, so you can't sue me, Paradox. Whoops. <laughs> uh, people know that it's a thing. But uh, yeah, so the, uh, the next day uh, I, I'd signed this thing and I was like, what is going on? What could it be? And I mentioned to Susie, like, you know what would be great is if they were doing, everyone loved Bloodlines. I thought that was great. And she was like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? And then I, I, I get not to break your NDA. They showed me an early trailer. I couldn't say anything. Oh my god, that must have been my horrible. My friends were so angry at me when the game finally came out. Oh no! And I, I would, I would die if I knew, but I couldn't tell. Because <laughs> so you know, you know what I realized in that one year. People say, you know, what was a great game, and I want a sequel to Bloodlines. People say <laughs> that a lot. Oh, well, yeah. They, oh, yeah. They're used to, that's for sure. And I was just sitting there going, mm-hmm. Oh. I would so, tell that, that story sorry. to everyone if that was my story. Oh, my God. That, that was <laughs> so bad. That I have, like, there are so many wonderful things going on right now. It's it's basically a renaissance of Vampire the Mask, right? 
and there are things which I cannot say currently, which I know, oh my God. and I'm, so, uh, I'm just, it's so bad, you know, like, I, I'm it hurts, totally right? I, I saw your video this morning with the Hikata, and I was like, yeah. oh, I want to read the book so bad, I want to read yeah, that book I, so Yeah, I was bad. actually reading the book throughout Christmas, and I was constantly on Discord, and I was like, I want to write about it, but I can't, so it was pretty painful. <laughs> My humble brag would be the moment of ParadoxCon viewing of the <laughs> of the demo that we were shown. And there was this moment when you go to the pier and you're supposed to meet this uh, Dominic guy who is a film blog that has um, information for you about your potential sire and the people who caused the uh, great embrace that was, uh, you know, uh, kind of changed the, the, the Seattle's scene. And when you go there, you talk to him, and then suddenly from behind him, Mr. Damp appears, the stabby guy. And he, you know, he like, comes off the room, he like stops the guy. And during that moment, because I talk so much about stabby in my videos, all of the developers that were like around me, I was in the front row, they just looked at me like, no. <laughs> you know? And there was this face. And I just oh, looked at, wow. at Florian and everyone, and they were just looking at me and seeing my reaction. And I just, I kept laughing because it was so wonderful. It was great. Oh man. <laughs> I'm so happy is also that the people making the game are so into it as well. Because it could have yeah, yeah. just been, well, no, it's not. I wouldn't say it could have just been a cash grab, but it could have been, you know, lackluster. Yeah. It could have been like, yeah, we have this IP. Let's just throw out a game for it. But mm, they're really. No, ugh. they're really into it. You can tell. They're crazy into it. And I really would love to just have a chance to go sit down in the pub with them, with Florian, with uh, Kara Ellison, and just like drink a beer and talk about Vampire because oh, they're yeah, so be into it. Yeah. I, w I would love to specifically talk with Kara Ellison because I don't think she knew much about Vampire at all when she joined up, right? Yeah, she but didn't, yeah. Also, her writing in uh, Dishonored, I love. It was such an amazing game and the story, uh, it, basically all parts of it was my jam. So like any opportunity to talk to Kara Ellison, I, yeah, let's, let's all go for a drink. Yeah. And invite the Bloodlines developers. Great. Yeah, 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 sure. I mean, if you guys want, you can just come come to Sweden, crash at our place, and we'll just storm the Paradox headquarters. Totally. Okay. I'm That's down. Plan. Yeah. Oh, let's do it. I actually, uh, I talked to Kara um, during ParadoxCon. I had like this moment when I was able to sit down with Mitsoda and with, with Kara and just talk about, uh, you know, ask them questions and throw them at them. And they were absolutely amazing when it came to how uh, how crazy they were about what they were doing. The passion was very blatant. It was very much visible. And Kara herself, not sure if you guys remember, there was this <laughs> um, talk during ParadoxCon where Brian Mitsoda published the list of most ridiculous questions that Kara Ellison asked him. And these questions were just wonderful. I have this list somewhere, but they were the questions were everything from do vampires wear socks or <laughs> do vampires have sex? Do vampires come? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I saw you made a video about those common yes. questions. Yeah, oh, I, I missed that video. I need to go did find you, it immediately. Did you, <laughs> did you know that as soon as a vampire becomes a vampire, their body just gets rid of all the waste? That's information I didn't need to know. Yeah, oh. that's that's I didn't think about that. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you can also li live eternally with whatever you have in your stomach, and that would be probably a very bad existence oh, yeah. to have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Well, 
Constant tummy gurgles. Anyway, I think it's a role-playing game and it's not for real. So we can skip those parts. <laughs> I'm very interested in those like uh, biological facts though. Like I very often include stuff like that in my role play. For example, you know, imagining how it would be to eat that particular food when you are a vampire and it tastes like ash and you have to like puke it out immediately. It's yeah. just it's fun to role play. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. It it drives home that you're not human anymore more than it. I, I think it's really important to include those parts in your game. Yeah. We are already one hour and twenty minutes in, roughly, and we are still on bloodlines. What I mean, we're, that's good though. We're champions. Yeah, yeah, we, we can keep going. Uh, should we go to another game that's being been released recently, Coteries? Sure, I haven't finished it yet, though. So me too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't? Neither I of haven't you had a chance. No, because I'm doing I finished. I finished it. I finished it. So me and me and Huddy, we can talk. I finished it five days after it came out. Oh wow! Ooh, I, I live streamed it every day until I was done. I'm doing a let's play, so it takes a long time to, yeah. to render. Yeah, that's that's why I decided to... Li- also, my first live stream. Oh, yeah, awesome. it is really good. Really good, too. First. We can at least give some impressions of what we think about the game so far. Mm. But the I part would, in the end that... <laughs> no, I would like to echo your, your, your tweet about it. The game was very, very good. The ending was something. I see. I heard a lot of people saying that the ending was not satisfactory, apparently. That is an excellent way to put it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just going to say that I think the game could have done with a few more months in development. Yes. But yes. it's good. I love the graphics. I love the characters. The atmosphere. The atmosphere is amazing. But it could certainly have done with a little bit more time. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. I would also like to say it definitely captures what it would feel like to be a vampire modern night. Oh yeah, New York. yeah, for sure. Captures the feeling. The framework's all there. Could just do a little bit of tweaking, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. DLC. Give us DLC for it. DLC, yes, please. <laughs> they are actually very much into doing DLCs potentially. I, I talked to the devs. I met them. It was kind of funny because they're Polish. And yeah. uh, when I was oh, yeah. trying to get to the ParlexCon, there was like the staff entrance. And I, like, right in front of me in the queue, there were these Polish guys who couldn't get in because apparently there was some problem with the list or something. And I was like, hey, you guys, Polish, Coteries, right? And uh, we immediately recognized Aww. each other. I started talking, and um, I I was actually, if I have to be honest with you guys, I knew that these guys they didn't make a lot of games before, and they were like a starting studio that a lot, you know, they, they did a lot of like games from different sides of different genres, let's say. And after I heard that they are going to be the studio that will do um, the new Vampire the Masquerade game, I was a little bit afraid that they are maybe not very much into the setting. Maybe it's just like, hey, there is money in it. So maybe we, we want to like do it this way. So that was my fear. But after I met them, after I talked to them, I was like, I was stupid to think that because they are as much crazy about the setting as, as I am probably. And they are really much into it. And I feel like they just, I, I, if I have to be honest, I feel like they just tried too hard a bit to deliver things that were expected from them to the point of, again, not asking for additional time or anything like that. So, for example, the game was delayed, but it was delayed a week. 
that's not a delay. Yeah. And I'm oh, like, no, 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 no. It wasn't a delay, no. I and agree. I was like, what the hell can you fix in a week of time? It's not a game jam game. It's a, it's a game, you know? Yeah. So I was, I was worried that they just, that, that they try too hard. And I feel like I haven't finished the game yet. And I feel like from what I've seen from reviews, that might be the case that they really tried so badly to deliver what that was expected from them because it was such oh, a yeah. big project on a, such a small studio that was their breakout, basically, that they wanted mm. to deliver everything in time and not ask for additional time to develop it. So, yeah, I, I feel like that could have been the case. But then on the other hand, they told me that they really want to go with a lot of DLCs and expansion packs for the game because there are a lot of topics... I hope they do. There, do. Are, there are a lot of topics which they're kind of like afraid of tackling, for example, Romans. But they oh, said yeah. that there is a possibility that they will maybe add these things in the expansion yeah, packs. They should. Do you, they should. Do you know? Does anyone know how? Uh, I guess well, it's been received. How it's uh, how well it's done? Because I guess one of the main factors that goes into do we get more? Is uh, you mean financially? They uh, they yeah, are one of the most well received games on Steam this year. Apparently, really, really. Uh, they just broke the news this morning. I think draw this instead. Oh, brilliant! It's, well, it's sold really well. That's awesome. really good news. I guess that will mean that they've probably got extra time and they'll go to Paradox and say, hey, yeah, we got the goods. We can yeah. deliver on DLC and stuff. So that's awesome. that's good yeah. news at least. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like they really did the research for all the characters in the game really, really well. Um, mm. And I think one of the few things that my friend circle has been complaining about, I wouldn't call it complaining, but this is going back to the horny on main is have you, have you guys met hope in the game yeah yes yeah that was like, i love hope i love hope too but it's like is this counter to your friends <laughs> no i mean i i agree with them that maybe having her doing what she's doing on camera and the first time you meet her it's a little i mean it, it really goes with the V5 feeling, though, I feel. It, well, she's your manic pixie dream girl. That's that's the thing. Oh, yeah. That's why I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember, I mean, actually, I don't know if I can actually talk about it. I, I will risk it, but I remember how I was talking about uh, the game before it released with the developers, and uh, I got the build without hope. And because, yeah, the, yeah. That was the demo, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. A yeah, game without a hope is... Not yeah, the, all, it was it was without hope, and I was asking, "What about hope?" And they said that they don't really know what to do with her because they were really trying not to go the fish milk route, but they are afraid that they went the fish milk route. Hmm. You know, there was kind of like this feeling, like they, they thought that they delivered Malkavian in the way that V five is not really appreciating anymore. Hmm. You know. No. And, I agree. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. And yeah, but basically, after I played the game, I was like, "All right, she is fish milky. She has this, you know, dissociative personality disorder, I guess, or whatever, how, however you, you call it. But it's done in a good way. So I think yeah. you, you can play the stereotypical Malkavian character in a good way, and you can write these characters well. And I think they oh, did. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I feel like they could have maybe made her either like super paranoid or be like this kind of person who does like everything in in because she, she does do that sometimes. Have you played the second night with her when you're in the car? I, I, yeah, I personally I haven't. only done the first encounter. Oh, okay. I've done well, three encounters with her, I think. I didn't finish them. Though. Let's just say she could have gone another, like she could have been more like ultra paranoid or like have conspiracy theories. Would have also worked with the Mulcavian as well. 
But I yeah. don't think she was fish milky. Like yeah, she- so I didn't get fish milk from her. I got very um, manic, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah she throwing, wasn't she throwing wasn't... phones out the car as she's driving down. You she know. Su- she fit the mood with the game really well. I would That's, say so. Yeah. yeah, I like her so far. The yeah. first encounter yeah. was interesting, and I and I really enjoyed it. But so far from the demo I've played, because I haven't met him in the game yet, uh, I love D'Angelo the most. The awesome. Angelo is great. Remind yeah, me I of love, the name of uh, the sheriff. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, uh, the Angelo is Nosferatu. The sh- ew, you mean Kadir? Kadir. Kadir. Oh Kadir is lovely. Can I kind of romance him? Can I, I, I love him. Yeah, romance Kadir. I ask that Kadir in every stream. Can I romance Kadir? Please, God. The thirst was real. The thirst was real. I, <laughs> I can love tell the it's fact that he starts out as the super menacing character, and then it turns out that he's such a softy on the inside that he probably eats marshmallows. Yeah, he's rough really and love. tough and not ready to be loved. Yeah, so cute. I love Kadir. I love Kadir. <laughs> I really do. Uh, but I, I also like Agathon a lot because he it, he's written really well. Like, he's an introverted kind of Tremere <laughs> come on he's a good Tremere he's really good I like him he's and he has uh, I'm not gonna say anything about his story but it's very touching I like it a lot I love the fact that uh, he also seems to be the one who has who's stuck on the inside but he constantly looks like he's like so the, the whole game he's so angry <laughs> I think I laughed for a full 30 seconds when you drive with him in the car and his face is in the <laughs> rearview mirror just you're yes. so pissed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. guys! People are saying my daddy issues are popping up again. Apparently, I have actually something to share. Something Ooh. I was supposed to make a video about, but uh, I haven't yet. So I guess this is a good time to share it here. So I was contacted by, uh, I believe, a French uh, vampire masquerade fan. Yes, French one, who sent me a YouTube video, which is the video um, from the creative director of Swan Song, the other upcoming Vampire the Masquerade game, about which we don't really know much yet. You heard about Swan Song, right? No, I have not. Tell me. I have not either. So, So from the creators of The Council, you've seen that. The Council is a very interesting game, which I can really recommend people to try out. And uh, they are making the Vampire the Masquerade game currently called Swan Song, and they published the press conference in French on YouTube. But the wonderful guy, he actually translated the parts about Swan Song for me. So let me give you a little bit of that if you guys want to. Yes. That sounds cool. Do it, do it. Okay, so the player will create his own experience. The scenario is divided in chapters that the player can play in whatever order they want. Each order will have an impact in the story, but most precisely in the following chapters. Swan Song will have the same foundations of the Council, so that previous game they made, but with an upgrade in the dialogue system. Big part of the Council's gameplay resides in social verbal skills, so dialogues. So the game is also going to base on dialogues. Each character will have a character sheet, the PCs and the NPCs. All will have the same sheet with attributes, skills, talents, disciplines, background. Another big component in Swan Song's gameplay is the investigation. It won't be a deduction board and neither a take my hand I will lead you and quests can be failed and trick the player. The player can finish quests when they want or when they think they have fulfilled the objective. That's pretty interesting. Only in extreme cases the player will receive the final death, otherwise even with failing quests the game will keep going. They will put a codex to help with the investigation. 
The developers want the players to think for themselves, the game won't help them to resolve quests, but it will just lay all the hints that might or not help them to resolve quests. The player must reason, make hypotheses, connect themselves, all the dots and after, assuming the consequences of their choices. The game won't tell you, hey, you're in the good way, or no, you're, in the, you're not on a good way. It won't tell you nothing if you're doing right or wrong. Compared to the console that had content that players didn't see because they went on current paths, like 3% of players saw the current path that they were on, with Swansong they want to create more content that players will be able to see as meta plot. The developer's philosophy is, trust the player, they will find it. All of this is for creating self-implication in the story, which can be satisfactory once you found the good leads in Swansong. It's not a game of choices, but a game of consequences. Um, so automatic saves are, and no game overs. Whatever you fail or succeed quest, the story will take account of it, and you will unlife with the consequences. That can be at short, medium, and long term. Gameplay consequences, attributes, skills, dialogues, skills, explorations, skills, knowledges, clans, disciplines, traits, talents, and backgrounds. All that the vampire player can expect. And there will be different endings, of course. So that's what I have. Ooh. Can we give a round of applause for that? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I am really wow. into it. I am really into this idea. I'm unliving. Yes. I, wow. I want to get my hands on that game now. I when feel I first heard about it, it sort of made a lot of sense that seeing as Paradox seemed to be, uh, I guess, invent, investing in the world of darkness, basically, right? Um, clearly some, uh, someone at, uh, was it Big Ben Interactive? Or I forgot who, uh, uh, developer Big Bad Wolf or Focus, one of them, whoever developed the council went to, to them and was like, we have the council, we can use this to make a super awesome vampire story. It all kind of clicked into place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That I'm actually thinking perfect. if I should probably tackle the cancel on my YouTube channel before that game releases, because I think mm. cancel is a super interesting game. For those of you guys who don't know it, it's a game in which you have a part of the alternative history and you actually talk with the historical um, figures, Characters, like yeah. Washington, for example. It's super interesting. That sounds right up my alley. I'll have to check that out. Mm. And it has a very interesting graphics, too. The faces are a little bit weird, a little bit grotesque, but I really liked how... how Doesn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also kudos to the Paradox for having the courage to be like, okay, uh, things didn't go as we planned, but Take two, here we go. Who do we want to have working with our IP? Yeah. And making really good decisions while doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's truly something difficult to decide to give your little baby, your little you know, setting that you love so much and you have so much respect for, to strangers who develop video games and trust them with it. So you have to have a very good gut feeling for that. And I feel oh, yeah, for sure. with Hearts of Labs, they actually did a very good decision. Although if you are like totally not seeing the pitch and not hearing them and just decide upon their uh, history of game development, you would totally say no, because they have nothing in common with RPGs, right? And they have never made a game oh, like yeah. that. But uh, I feel like they really had a good instinct for that because these guys are doing a good job. Yeah, I'm going to have to go download or buy the council after this stream for sure. I think yeah. it's only like eight quid. Ooh, yeah, it's 70% off on Steam. 
oh, everyone go I mean, out and get that. Yeah, get cancelled. So if you're interested to see Done. what Swan Song will look like. It's, a, it's an interesting game. I really enjoyed it. I haven't finished it yet, I remember, but uh, from what I've played it, it was really, really awesome. Yeah, 2020 is going to be... I, I don't know if it's going to be in 2020, Swan Song, but holy moly, I can barely keep up with all the stuff that's coming out. I'm very happy that they delayed Bloodlines 2. It's one of the best oh, yeah. news we've, we've ever received because like, when I heard about Half-Life, I had flashbacks and it, they weren't very positive flashbacks. Like, if they're going to release Bloodlines, another Bloodlines game with another Half-Life game, we're going to have the repeat of the history. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, wouldn't that just be history coming full circle? Finally, we can have clocks instead of door handles and multiple yeah. spotting NPCs. Yeah, I feel like it's it will be. Funny. It could be maybe funny to have these games releasing at the same time, and then to realize that this time Bloodlines is a better game. I think it will be a very satisfactory experience from a person who is a fan of the <laughs> series. But then again, when I see the release pipeline for the beginning of 2020, I am just afraid that Bloodlines will be completely you know, pushed down by Cyberpunk, by Final Fantasy VII Remake, and all Yeah, yeah, I have the same, Ooh. I have the same worries myself. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I get a lot of people asking me about that on my channel, and that is generally what I say. It's sort of like a, we'll see. <laughs> so. I, feel, I feel like Bloodlines um, is really, it's being released in a good time, though, because interest in, in uh, World of Darkness is, is coming up, and you've got LA by night, you've also got Seattle by night, which we haven't mentioned is a is a really really good podcast it's totally Excuse so me. different it's it's tacoma by night because they actually never go to seattle maine okay it's tacoma <laughs> by night but still it's it's so funny because it shows a completely different side of playing vampire yeah but it's still very true to the lore i love that and i think both of those as well as like red moon role playing with uh doing the hikata uh, yeah. stuff now it's with jason carl is as he's um one of the as a player players. yeah 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 <laughs> i've been trying to keep up but i do not have enough hours of the day to listen to all these podcasts i literally over the, the holiday 94 hours la by night i oh binged the whole thing well because i wanted to make a video about it before season four so i'm like there's way too much i'm not gonna remember everything i gotta start at the beginning and just go and that was my whole holiday yeah <laughs> Have you actually um, heard oh. the details that Josephine shared during my stream about Eva? Oh, I didn't. Oh. I didn't watch that one yet, but I, mm, I will watch that. Oh one. my that god, tell so me now. Cool. Okay, so basically, Eva. Uh, I mean, Josephine <laughs> actually joined the, the, the yeah. charity stream, and she uh, really wanted to give an incentive for people to donate to the charity, and she was saying that okay, every one hundred fifty dollars. I am going to give you details about Eva's backstory. And she gave so many details, oh, like wow. <laughs> when she was embraced, uh, if she takes drugs or if she was a drug addict, and all of these little details from her past that were super interesting. That's interesting. Eva, Eva is such a good character. Yeah. I just made a video that's going to go out for Masquerade Monday, which is something I do on my channel. Um, literally speculations about many but Eva and I said that she, I don't know if you could tell me if I'm right or not that she was embraced in the 1960s maybe at Woodstock she used to take psychedelics exactly she was embraced uh, that, during oh, Woodstock. that was just a guessing from 94 hours of binge watching it driving my <laughs> wife insane yeah she said that she was actually embraced uh, in 69 during Woodstock so <laughs> August, August 69 yes. yeah 
I love her character. I love the chemistry that she has with other characters. It's so lovely. With, with Alexander Ward? Yes. It's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so awkward during that stream. I still cringe when I think oh, about wow. it. Because she joined and I was fangirling like crazy. And <laughs> I, I, was, I just asked her about, you know, I need to ask you about this chemistry. Like, doesn't it get weird? <laughs> I, was just, I was just so into her, um, you know the craftsmanship of how, yes. how wonderfully she plays with Alexander, how they just embrace this, this wonderful plot. It's, it's beautiful. That's, that's really what it is. Sorry. I'm going to fangirl for one second. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, they, uh, Jasper or Alexander Ward and Eva Josephine McAdam, they, I don't want to say more so, but a little bit more, maybe they really embrace the characters that they play. They really, even when other characters are speaking and they're, you know, do having their own little private moments, you know, they I really, love, I love that about that. I know they really embrace uh, their, their characters and it, it shows and it really moves the show forward. At least for me, yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm like myself, living for every scene. I catch myself so, constantly looking at Alexander when I watch yep. the, the, the episodes in which he is. Because he constantly does something in character. And I'm like... <gasps> I'm always looking at Victor. Victor is like my inspiration. For I, do, I do love Victor. He's he is very funny. Uh, so since we're on this topic, what's your favorite scene from L.A. by Night? Uh, How much Yosha, time have you been do you watching have? It? Is it bad that I've only seen the first season? Yes. That's fine. Yeah. No, actually, I've time. seen only two first seasons in full, and the rest of them I just skipped because I no don't have any time to watch the, the, the long-ass episodes that they do, unfortunately. <laughs> so I only skipped ahead to know what the plot is about, and I watched the most touching moments, oh, I guess. For shame. Yeah, but for I have shame. Skipping whole. ahead. Yeah. I, have I, no I can life. tell you a favorite scene. All right, yeah, go for it. I, I, I particularly remember. I really enjoyed... The uh, the bit where um, uh, God, what's the Von True character's name? Victor. Victor was talking to the um, uh, singer act that he was just introducing. Oh yeah, yeah. chocolate drop. Chocolate drop. Yeah. And yeah. How, how he was dominating her. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, and he wasn't like. You have to go on here and do this. He was just like, be your best. Yeah, Vin that was amazing. Nice. Yes. He, he's, he's, he's Vampire Daddy, original Vampire Daddy. He is Vampire Daddy, yes. He is, yeah. I, well, yeah, that was a really, really uh, impressive role play use of Dominate. Uh, and I, I, I just enjoyed the entire scene. I thought that was very cool. My favorite yeah. part was the part when Jason Carl wore the red glasses. Oh, yes. oh yeah oh my god <laughs> yes and josephine actually she told me that she literally cropped her pants well, i mean not literally but metaphorically cropped yeah. her pants when he did so. <laughs> i would not let her <laughs> maximilian strauss oh yes. josh is it okay i mean there's gonna be spoilers here now yes. i don't think i'll have time to watch it but i Boo. i hear red glasses i crap my pants so oh yeah strauss, right? is, strauss is bad business right my absolute favorite scene. I don't know if it's season one or two because I just blasted through them during the summer. I'll tell you. But it's <laughs> it's when Victor is getting the fallout from announcing Praxis and all the barons are like, what the fuck are you doing? That's season two. That's season two. And we get to see nines for the first time and it, the acting was perfect. I was like, this yeah. is not, I thought it was the original voice actor, like face model at first. I was like, 
is this, did they just find him and dig him up and he still looks the same after 15 years? No, it's not. But it was such a great scene because when Victor announced Praxis, I was like, what? Do you even know how the Camarilla works? No, that's the thing is that a lot of them, they're yeah. so young. Yeah, and he's like, oh no, I'm, I'm friends with, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, Victor, my boy. Fiorenza, oh, Fiorenza Savona. Fiorenza, yeah. Savona. And he's like, we're in the same group. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, I'm so happy that the Barons are doing this because it was such an intense scene. I loved it so much. That was that was the high point uh, of a very good show for me. Yeah. Uh, I was just I was like wringing my hands. I was out walking while listening. I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it must be very difficult to listen to that in the public places because you oh, yeah, suddenly yeah. start acting like. <laughs> you know? I, I, luckily, I have a I have a thirty minute walk to my work, and then every Monday I can walk for like an hour and a half just around a park. So I just listen to podcasts and to myself people are probably freaked out by me if it's i will okay. ever be in stockholm and i will go for the park and i will see a malkavian acting around and i will know it's you <laughs> yeah you just just some guy wringing his hands walking by a lake occasionally uh throwing bread to, to no i'm not throwing bread i'm not doing that <laughs> ducks but yeah it was an amazing scene sorry uh huddy your favorite scene i'll try and be quick um Season three, Jasper being in Torpor was a really powerful episode, Hollywood ending. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, my favorite thing about that, actually, is that, of course, Eva, to feed him, to get his hunger down to one, she had to do three rouse checks, and she passed them all. That it was, was like the power of love. Yeah, it was amazing. That was meaningful, yes. It was amazing. Um, I loved in the beginning of the third season when the Maharaja of the club burns down and the Coterie has to escape a burning building during the day. That was fun to watch. The characters panicking. So many amazing scenes. Like you can just pick them out and be like, this is perfection. Yeah, I, could, I, I could probably do it all day. And the last one I'll say is a special mention for the, I don't know, I can't pronounce his name. It's a French name. Um, the uh, actor who plays X, the Malkavian. Oh, Xavier? Is that how you say that? Xavier, I think, yeah. Xavier, yeah. Xavier? Okay. I love him. He's awesome. Yeah, he is great. And um, I always wondered what it would, you know, I would never try and play a Malkavian in a role-playing game. I would afraid I would go too fish malk with it, you know. Xander, I, Xander, sorry, not Xavier. I'm sorry, Xander. Xander, okay. My bad, sorry. And I think he walks that line really, really well. I think it's, it's oh yeah, great. It's quite yeah. well done. Yeah, I was always shunning away from playing Malkavians because again, I was afraid that you know I was basically kind of tired of Malkavians because of the whole fishmark stereotype and because of playing with many people who uh, didn't really do well with them, I guess. But recently, I changed it, and my new character is actually Malkavian, and I, I role play him in Seattle by Ned right now, and I really enjoy it. It's so fun to play. It's great. Yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing. And I think when Xander was doing, uh, when he was doing the elephant metaphor, like the first time he's introduced, I was like, this is a guy who's actually read the Malkavian book. I'm, I was gonna, when yeah. I heard that, I was like, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's, it's such a good metaphor and it's such a it Malkavian is. thing to say. It is. Um, and Nellie G, there's a scene with her yes. uh, in a church. I'm not gonna say anything more than that. Holy shit, that was a good scene too. Although I have to say oh. one of the goofiest scenes, uh, which uh, Josh actually saw because it was in season one, was, <laughs> okay, I, I do feel like the ritual um, of blood magic in V5, the one uh, cling like the insects, insect lining, how, how oh, the hell is it called? Uh, yeah. 
Clinging of the insect. Clinging of the insect. The there we go. Oh, yeah. So it's one of the freaking <laughs> yeah. stu stupidest things in the book because I have no, no idea great. how to use it properly and how can it be useful. <laughs> and I think Nella G wonderfully shows that where she actually uses this uh, ritual during that scene in the, I think, Griffith Park, and it doesn't yeah. do basically anything. She just climbs the wall and climbs back. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, okay, I guess I did that. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. It's like, yeah. it that gave me amazing. the proof to everyone who thinks that cling, um, the clinging of the insect is, is actually a useful ritual. I always think like, Sorry. how do you use that? Uh, <laughs> Outstar, did you, did you play Detroit Become Human or am I having false memories? I played it on Twitch, yeah. Okay. I was so surprised to see Connor or Brian Deckard in um, LA by Night. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah, it was it was kind of kind of a special moment. But I need to replay Detroit because I yeah. have a very bad history of it because I had the worst ending and I hate the game. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I so. never I never played it. I played, I played um, Fahrenheit, or was it the other name for that? Fahrenheit. 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 It was, it was called something else as well, right? Yeah, it was. I can't remember, but I know uh, the game you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I played that and I was like. I don't like these games. <laughs> I, I get you. I get why. I yeah. don't like Heavy Rain. You know, the it's, only... it's like the first half is amazing, and then the second half you just go, "Did they just?" It really <laughs> goes off the rails. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Matrix with ghosts and future. The, the, the narrative kind of falls apart at Into some a point. Prophecy, yeah. Yeah. The only moment That's... I felt something during Heavy Rain was during Jason scene where you press Jason. X to Jason. <laughs> Jason. Yeah, Jason. the Jason bug. Have so, you seen the mod where you can just break the game and have that as the only button prompt for the yes, entire game? Yes, <laughs> Jason. Jason. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So for me, uh, Detroit was kind of like uh, Jason without Jason. So uh, I really yeah. want to replay it because I feel like I just got a very bad ending, and that's why I don't like the game. But yeah, I don't have that. I don't have much of an opinion about the game, about uh, those. I can't think of the the person who makes them. He, he's done Beyond Two, Beyond Two Souls and oh, Heavy yeah, Rain. Yeah. I can't think of his it's name. It's a guy. It is a guy. It's a guy. He's French. The chat will probably tell us in a second, yeah. 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 But I have like an eh, a neutral opinion about those games. Yeah. He's a director. The director. The Michael yeah. Bay of video games. Shall we... Um, We've talked a lot about the games and the streams, which is great, but I don't know how long you guys can go. I can go for a lot longer, but we can maybe jump on to the next talking point. Sorry for disrupting here, but that's favorite clans in that, which I think we all have a lot of opinions on. Okay. You cut out there for a second. Yeah, I didn't hear oh, what sorry. you said. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was opening up another vid window. Sorry for cutting in and moderating and being a butt, but um, since we're almost at the two hour uh, thing. Let's talk about our favorite clans of Vampire the Masquerade. Totally, totally natural transition from yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, right, um, who's, oh, uh, Josh, start. Me, oh, okay. Uh, well, this is real easy. I have always had a soft spot for Nosferatu. Nice. They have such a beautiful place in the lore. I have always had such a great time playing them. And um, they go with one of the really cool old fashioned like monster stories that I enjoy is like the Frankenstein story, which is, am I human? Oh, woe yeah. is me for my ugly face betrays my inner demons. <laughs> and uh, all, that, all that nonsense, it's great fun. 
and you can uh, you can play it at like a billion different ways. Whether you oh, want yeah. to go human, whether you want to go sympathetic, whether you want to go full on gross monster. monster, and um, yeah, I also enjoy the fact that uh, most of the time everyone just goes, "Hmm, it's a sewer." I guess that's <laughs> where the Nosferatu are, are going to get put. That's the place for the Nosferatu. Everyone just leave it alone. They have uh, a really nice kind of, uh, I guess in general, they have a nice position depending on how you put them in your campaign with uh, a space between the Camarilla and the Anarchs and the the Inconu and uh, maybe even Sabat, just trying to make sure that they can get as much information as possible because they need it <laughs> not because they're trying to get one over on anyone or oh no, no. i mean that yeah, could happen sure. anyway but just having the information is enough and the secrets will eventually come out and it's normally through the nosferatu so that's that's why they're my favorite i am coming around to the tremere at the moment because i am join us <laughs> Well, I, I bought at uh, PDXCon the um, sigil ring for the good, Tremere. Good choice. Uh, because at the moment I'm I'm deep into Tremere lore. Well, Pyramid will rise again. Yeah, yeah. They'll... I hate you all. <laughs> wow. Wow. That, yeah, harsh. So Outstar's spoken for, it's the Tremere. I mean, yeah? no, actually, I did start... Um, with bloodlines, right in the in the whole vampire the masquerade uh, thingy, and because of bloodlines, I love tremor the most uh, because I think tremors are the coolest in bloodlines one. Like there's just no cooler clan. It comes with almost zero responsibility, which usually uh, is you know a, a very much a pain in the ass of playing a tremere with a coterie with other people oh, yeah, in the yeah. tabletop <laughs> game where no one trusts you and you are basically considered to be the scum of this earth for a good reason. And hey. uh, yeah, so without knowing all of that, I, I always wanted to be a Tremere, which kind of also evolved from my very early childhood uh, passion with Harry Potter, because I was a Ravenclaw, right? I was a very clear Ravenclaw, and then it evolved into me being a Tremere, a self-proclaimed one. But uh, I feel like as the years go by, and as I learn more about Vampire the Masquerade, and I feel like I was like a few years after playing uh, Bloodlines when I read about my favorite clan to the date, which is clan Salubri. I love Salubri. Salubri are my ab oh, absolute favorite. Demon worshipping diablerists, you mean? <laughs> I just... Soul, soul suckers? The soul su yeah, the, the, the ones that you are spreading all the propaganda about, you horrible people. <laughs> I am not a Tremere. Uh, anyway, I, <laughs> I absolutely love my free, free eight bastards. Um, they're great. Shame um, we had to get rid of them all. <laughs> Real shame that, you know. But... Then again, when it comes to... I feel like it's more of a fascination. It's not like I would consider myself to be a salubre if I ever was turned into a vampire. I think I would be very much far away from salubre, but I guess the fascination in their lore is something that makes them one of my favorite clans. And I did accept my fate after many years of trying to push it away and thinking that I'm Tremere. And I am very much a Torator, and I just embrace it. I, I know it already <laughs> that Torators are just the closest to my heart. And uh, I've been role-playing a Torator, a very scum of a Torator, for the last 12 uh, months. 
two or three weeks ago, uh, he suffered from the bloodhound, so unfortunately the guy is gone. But uh, I, I felt, feel like through developing that character, who was supposed to be an anti-tributarator, actually, I very much connected with the clan myself, and I understood it better. And nowadays, I feel like they're the clan that I would consider one of my favorites. So I, I'd say Salubrate and uh, Salubrate Trader, and then maybe Cappadocians. That's a good, great list of choices. Honey, what would you be? Uh, I literally need to copy Jersha's Nosferatu and Outstar Salubri because that is my opinion. Exactly that, those two opinions. So awesome. uh. <laughs> I really don't have anything to add. My third eye is looking at you, Primogen. <laughs> I, I, I came here to have a good time, and honestly, I feel so attacked right now. <laughs> you would be surprised to hear, though, that my favorite clan is not actually Tremere. Tremere is a very close second. I know. My favorite clan is Timitsi, because who wouldn't want to have fleshcrafting? I mean, come on. You can look literally however you want, and you can also follow the Ashidahaka and try to be your own universe i always wanted to kind of like understand the um, wonders of vicissitude but when i imagine myself possessing this ability i imagine fucking up so badly like <laughs> i just want to change yeah. one single thing like just slightly yeah. and then suddenly my chin is like two meters long well, so thank yes. you thank <laughs> you that's why you practice on others for a long time before you get started on yourself um, I've always liked the Tsumitsi because they combine like the, you, you have such a huge schism between the old and the new, which I always, always found really interesting. And I also like that they, uh, they get to a point where they're like, I don't even want to look human anymore because what's the point? I can be as beautiful as I want. Uh, and, uh, they're also the soul of the Sabbat. So that says something. Mm. I mean, the, a lot of the Rite and the, um, like the, not the not necessarily the religious stuff, but a lot of the stuff that brings us about together comes from the Tsimitsi. I, I like that. I always preferred La Sombra, honestly. La Sombra are okay if you're wrong. But, <laughs> no, La Sombra, I've actually, I, I just finished the scripts for my two La Sombra videos and I've gotten a new acquired uh, appreciation of them because I didn't used to think they were that interesting. But fifth edition also... Uh, Chicago by Night really made me look at them in a different light. So there's that. And I'm I do actually, hope that they will show up in, in Bloodlines too. I really want to see your video. Have you released it already, actually, the La Sombra video? Uh, you... No, it's coming on Monday. Oh, Tuesday. Oh, awesome. Because I'm actually making the script for my La Sombra video. And um, what I really love about La Sombra the most is how much Call of Cthulish they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Soul the Abyss is just like, yeah. what, is, what is the Abyss? We don't know. Yeah, I, lo I love the, the, the sole idea of uh, La Sombra, the La Sombra, walking through the depths of the ocean and coming back oh, yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great. I, I'm going to be I'm going to be a little bit upset if the antediluvian isn't dead, which he obviously isn't. But it's like, can't any of them stay dead except for Ventru? He's dead. Rip. <laughs> he died really long time ago, didn't he? Um... I, I don't remember. I, th I think like, don't Ventru have like thousands of ideas about him? Oh yeah, they have this theory that there's someone out there who who might be Ventru, who shows up and help these young neonates when they're in trouble. But they're using sounds... Ventru's myth to their own goals. Well, like Father usually. Christmas, wait. Oh what? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's in a little window in the revised book. I think it's the revised or it's the first edition. Oh. But I think he got killed really early on, like in the second city. 
he was literally told by Kane, like, hey, uh, keep your keep your brothers and sisters in line, okay, while I'm gone. And he was like, oh, you got it, boss. And <laughs> <pff, laughs> <really badly. laughs> Ramnos is dead. Uh, Ramnos is dead uh, for sure. Don't bring Ramnos back. That would be a massive mistake. Also would have to contradict quite an important event. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the week, week of nightmares. Mm, yeah, nuked out of orbit. But the best part is Salt is still alive and he lives in Tremure's body. Does right. he though? That's propaganda. Uh, it's kind of funny. I, I love the idea of probably my favorite theory is that Salt is living in Tremure's body and Tremure is living in Garatrix's body because, you know, eternal <laughs> yeah. love. And, yeah, so like yeah. musical chairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, isn't Simiti also in Tremure's body though? Yeah. Everyone uh, is in his body. His body is very inviting, okay? It's just like, I mean, come on, was, guys, was, come at me. Tremere was a thought even before he became vampire, so, you know. Well, there must be plenty of room when you're a gigantic worm, gross slug thing, right? Yeah. A big old like, white worm, yeah. I mean, Vienna fell and no one actually found the worm. Although there were some theories that people found the worm with one eye, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Possibly. It would, it would be really cool. I would love um, that. Oh, I'm going to have to look. That must have been in the Jihad diary, right? I believe so. I think so, yeah. There is yeah. a picture of it in the Tremere Revised clan book. Mm -hmm. But it's not specifically said to be the body of the anti of, of I guess you could call him the Antediluvian. He's not really, but... <laughs> Post-Diluvian. Post-Diluvian. Pro-Diluvian? pro Anti, -pro no, mm, I don't know. Yeah, it would be no. It's it's anti like like before. So this would yeah. be post diluvian, yeah. After diluvian. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what do you guys get upset about that people get wrong about your favorite clans? Mm, I feel like for I mean Salubri, yeah, the Tremere from Ganda, obviously. But for Toreaders, I would say that people have a very um, limited scope on uh, seeing them as the beautiful creatures of beauty. And beauty is very often um, interpreted in a very literal way. So you think art, classic art, you think, uh, you know, beautiful faces, models and Instagram beauties and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But uh, I love how, um, I, I believe that the lordship is called Carmelita Nelson in V5 mm -hmm. core book. Uh, there's a lordship for this Torator character who is actually the archaeologist who sees the beauty in the stories told by the historical artifacts. And um, she actually has this uh, lordship uh, part where she or you are actually able to interview the antediluvian or she wanted to interview, just, just basically wake up antediluvians yeah, yeah. and interview them and put them back to sleep. Very great idea, Carmelita, very safe. Uh, <laughs> She's in the Toyador revised core book, uh, clan book as well. Yeah, and I, I just really like the ideas of the storyers that are just a little bit less about physical beauty and a little bit more about their own perspective oh, yeah, on beauty. Yeah. Because everyone has a different perspective on what is beautiful. Um, some people may think that the relations they have with other people are beautiful and they're, this, this is something that they are cl clinging into. Um, I was role-playing the trader who had a very um, obsessive relation with his childer. So that's what he considered beautiful. He was an orphan originally. He didn't have a family. And uh, once he was able to make his own family, he was 
absolutely obsessive about it um, to just keep himself the closest and the most important person for for uh, his childhood, which was extremely toxic and uh, um, very, very negative in the long run. But I think it was a very interesting um, kind of take on the idea of what traders can consider beautiful. And I love the ideas of ugly traders, of traders who um, see beauty in things where we don't see beauty, like in research, for example, or oh, in... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, in, in a lot of things. I, I think it's a very enticing idea. Yeah, thank you. That Yeah, for sure. Um, Hadi, do you want to go? Um, yeah, the, I really like Elster's Toreador point. Um, I like that because not even the Toreador can agree on what's beautiful and what's not, yeah. you know, and what's art and what's not. So um, my favorite clan, besides the Salabri and the obvious things that <laughs> have been perpetrated against them, um, is... It, I, I like the concept of the Nosferatu. I like that they can wear their ugliness on the outside, you know, and although not all of them are brimming with humanity on the inside, uh, I like that that dichotomy, that dynamic. There's just something about it. And I think a lot of people who, I mean, I've shown a lot of people bloodlines since playing it and shown them fugly and stuff. And they're like, that's disgusting. Why would you want to do that? It's gross. And I'm like, but is it that she's beast? A, she's is a person in, too. Well, that that beast is in all of the clans, in all of the vampires. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my dog. And um, the they ju you just get to see it in the Nosferatu first. That's all that it is. And I don't know. For me, that's beautiful. I don't know. That's my answer. Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. Thanks. We Gosh. find beauty in the hopeless place. <laughs> yes, I do. I. I don't know specifically any ways people get Nosferatu wrong because I, I don't ever imagine there's a wrong way to play or like look at a character. Uh, although uh, quickly to add uh, uh, to Outstar's thing, a couple of recently really cool Toreador I've played with. <clears throat> One of my friends was a Victorian who really adored the beauty of machines. Oh. And oh, wow. one... Uh, one of my players at the moment is a uh, air-headed BMX star. <laughs> That's so cool. He just, he just really it. likes the BMX and everything else is secondary. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I, I love those out there character concepts. Yeah. yeah he, he does that really well. But um, Nosferatu. Um, <clears throat> so I can't remember whether I, I i'm kind of doing this through secondary sources because i never actually read the book myself but am i right in saying that during the uh chronicles of darkness the vampire nosferatu clan they weren't necessarily ugly for like physical reasons right they had something that would off put i, I think so in chronicles, yes. right yeah. yes um and i i like to imagine it in that sense like you don't have to have huge pustules on your face you don't have to have burn scars everywhere you don't have to have teeth growing out every which direction you can just be um ugly and having uh ugliness as i in the same way that outside was talking about beauty yeah however ugliness is perceived whether it's rudeness or whether it's stubbornness or uh being a massive asshole uh no matter what it is, the Nosferatu will be ugly and they can go against that 
if that's how you want to play your character. So I, I guess like being super stuck into the ugliness thing is something people do. Um, and I really, really uh, love and appreciate the way my friend Bubbanaut has played his character, Ollie, because he constantly covers up his disfigurement or his, his character's disfigurement with a mask and stuff. And he has these really wonderful monologues because his character loves food and goes into this beautiful detail about why he loves that thing. And he's trying to find the humanity of food and drink and all of these things he can't really appreciate now. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think like in Seattle by Night, the Discord campaign, Nosferatu players are one of our best. And if you guys ever find your way to the to the channel where we role play, really reading some of these Nosferatu gave me life. It's it's amazing how in depth and emotional can they get as characters that look like monsters. Some of them literally the monsters from the deepest nightmares that you might have, but they are very very wonderful creatures. Can I have the link? Of course. Is that a Discord. Oh yeah, share, yes. share it with me. It's below um, my Twitch channel, right on the on on the right. So you can you can get there if you want to, and yeah, if you invited, join us. Everyone can roleplay with us. That'd be wonderful. Perfect, perfect. I'll I mean, check it out. Did it? <laughs> well, I won't join right now because this is gonna get in the way of my. Oh God, everything is. <laughs> I. It's really hard to say what people get wrong about Samitsi because everything I've seen done with the clan has been pretty spot on. They can be really, really horrible. A lot of them are. And I think, I think the thing that gets me the most with Samitsi though is um, the kind of oh god, it's really hard. Samitsi is difficult. Can I can I pick Tremere instead? <laughs> you can sure. Uh, something I learned, yeah. Tremere, I'll just go with Tremere because Samitsi, it's everything is true about them. I mean, They're horrible people. <laughs> I, I feel like the biggest stereotype about Samitsi is very. <laughs> phallic let's say oh yeah well <laughs> yes but they're very geiger inspired do yourself a favor and don't look up the first edition clan book for Tsumitsi, by the way do yourself a favor and never read any fan fictions about andre that too that too <laughs> definitely um but the thing i i read about tremere is that tremere are not necessarily like you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this like they're not like this is of course pre v5 you're not a robot working for the Tremere. It's just that if you want to climb in the Tremere, you got to do what they tell you and you got to show initiative and you got to preserve the pyramid. But you can literally go about doing your own stuff as long as you're not actively threatening the pyramid, which I don't know if it's been going back and forth between the clan books because I only read the revised one, but the revised one was like, yeah, you can hang out with the Anarchs. It's fine. You can even be an Anarch, but as long as you keep things to yourself, you don't share thaumaturgy you don't tell everyone's secrets about the clan and i think that really does present an interesting kind of moral dilemma for someone who's playing with a mixed group mixed coterie because a mixed coterie in itself is pretty unusual for tremere um that okay what am i allowed to say this coterie is there anyone here who might actually be working for the chantry and telling them what i'm telling them um and it makes for like you have to be paranoid as a Tremere because you don't know who's gonna rat you out. I think that's a really important aspect of playing a Tremere as well because you don't have to be locked up in the Chantry. That's the safest way to do it, but you will have to be paranoid a lot. So a lot of like one thing with Agathon is that he's super paranoid about you. So I think they did a really good characterization of that in in coteries. 
anyway, that's that's my view of Tremere. <laughs> I absolutely love to hear other perspectives on the clans and, and the game in general, guys, because uh, I had this wonderful conversation with the guy who is uh, developing Vampire Chapters, the board game recently, mm -hmm. uh, which is going to hit Kickstarter soon. And I can't wait cool. for that to happen because there are so many awesome things they are brewing for you behind the scenes. But uh, it was great. We never talked before, just like I've never talked really this way with you guys. And uh when you are so passionate about the system, there are just so many similarities that you can draw in between people and so many topics that you can talk about and agree on very often, which is wonderful. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's finding and talking with other people about the lore, and it's it's really a blessing part of this community. I agree. Because I literally know nobody in real life who knows anything about Vampire Masquerade. I am being extremely annoying to my husband, immediately, like constantly giving him lore tidbits, and I think he already hates me for that, and he probably silently swears on Vampire the Masquerade for overtaking our life, but yeah. he has yeah. to listen to it. I've been, I've been forcing Kitsu to watch all my videos as well. Every single uh, time yeah. uh, I do that, I just remember the one time when we traveled by car together, uh, four ride in the car, and during this four-hour ride, he uh, kind of gave me the whole story of Dragon Ball. So <laughs> you, you got a little bit on him now. Yes, so yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it's what even God Dragon Ball. That was a blast from the past. My, my wife loves Dragon Ball. She Dragon Ball it. is something. The, the lore is interesting. <laughs> Just yeah. Isn't that pretty big in Germany? Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball is huge. Dragon Ball, oh, yeah. Naruto, they're huge here. Yeah, I know we got a little wave of manga being translated from German, actually, to Swedish. Um, and we got That's interesting. We have a very limited ma market here for translated manga. Hmm. That's not good. But, Let's um, hope this will change in the, in the future. Because, yes, yeah. sure. I think also, like, accessibility is a huge thing. Because Vampire, I think it's a good idea to not be super lore-heavy in the beginning of this new edition. Uh, I really like the Anarch book and the way it's structured that it's a bunch of short stories about different anarchs living different lives and they're all radically different from each other and i think that more than anything conveys a mood that if you're anarch you're not a traditional vampire you're doing things the way you want to do them which i think works really well uh because you don't have to read up on all the lore and if you're camarilla you might not know that much about the lore either but you're in this hierarchy where they'll tell you when you need to know yeah and everyone just needs to have a wholesome sire for once to introduce them into this goddamn world. Because why do we always have horrible sires? It's the worst. Horrible sires are so much fun, though. Yeah. I mean, it sure is. Yeah, but I want this one video game in which we'll have a wholesome sire. No. Please. <laughs> one day. Maybe someday. But not, not today. I want a, I want a daddy, like exactly daddy Alec Cross. That, that'd be cross. Will I mean, be, how, oh how are we going to get our fuck up fledglings if we have good sires? That's a good <laughs> part of role playing is that you're playing a slightly older vampire. You have to constantly clean up for the fledglings doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, Jersh made a good point. Wholesome is not exactly the order of the day in the world of darkness. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Actually, you guys, I have a last question for y'all. Um, your faction so far that you want to pick in the lens to, I want to know. Oh, Bloodlines 2. I'm going, start, going straight from here. Sorry. Newcomers. All right. I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with that. I 
it's the only clan I, that's the clan i'm gonna play first and yeah i'm just gonna go if i'm gonna play tremere prim i'm just gonna go straight tremere all the way through that's my same way that's that's how you do it i am not gonna play tremere i'm gonna play ventru because that's the class i finished with first and then the choice is obvious camarilla <laughs> Ew. I mean, okay, Alec Cross, I see. You know, you know, you will actually work very well on our server because our server is so thirsty for Alec. Actually, <laughs> we we do play in the setting of Bloodlines 2, so we do roleplay the NPCs from, from Bloodlines 2 uh, partially as much as we know about them in the lore because we don't want to retcon after Bloodlines 2 is going to happen. So we uh, don't introduce them too much, but there are moments when they appear. And Daddy Cross mm -hmm. did make his appearance a few times already so uh, the server is very thirsty for him i, I just, I just wanted to step on me is that so much to ask that's i wanted to hear that today i wanted to hear that today you know what i am going to be not embarrassed by this i'm going to join baron uh get away from there people i'm going to join baron because mr down first of all obviously uh, second of all i have mr damp is a huge turnoff as a name though <laughs> just say it's, it's the biggest <laughs> I mean, it's the biggest turn-off and the biggest turn-on at the same time. I feel like when I heard the name, I laughed for five minutes, but it was a very mm. positive kind of a laugh, you know? <laughs> I was like, this is, this is how it should be. But anyway, I'm going to join Baron because I have a theory now. I have a new theory which I haven't shared on my YouTube yet. I probably should make a video about it, that Baron is actually Baron Samadhi. Because, Ooh. because, like, check out the artwork on the Bloodlines 2 site. The silk hat is there. The silk freaking hat is freaking there. And he's somebody. I'm, I'm telling you. What? Yes. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. See, my pet theory is that the Baron is the person who's on the phone to you at the beginning of the game. Mm. The, secret, the secret woman voice. Ooh. I don't know. Just I don't know. No. There's no real evidence for it. It's just what I think. I feel like on the on the image, uh, the the Baron looks uh, like a black person, either a black woman or a black uh, man, and uh, the woman at the, the 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 mysterious woman. We actually saw her already in the leaks, and she's. I'm not sure if you saw her. <laughs> it's it's a leaks. So I shouldn't probably talk about it because I promise that I won't be talking about it too much. <laughs> but. Um, she leaked through the art station of one of the uh, people who are making the trailer and we know her name and we know that she's a blonde woman she's beautiful and she doesn't look like the one that we've seen in the in the Baron picture but maybe I'm wrong mm, the magic's of photoshop okay. no I, I, missed, <laughs> I, I missed the leaks so yeah I'm not going to talk about it in detail obviously but yeah my <laughs> theory is that that Baron is actually Baron Samadhi that would be super cool Hmm. It would definitely be a huge twist. That's true. And actually, when I was asking developers about uh, who they want to align with, I would say majority said pioneers. Um, they really, really have a lot of following. Yeah, a lot of following yeah. in with the developers. Uh. Then they said, uh, and no, they actually said newcomers, few of them, Baron, few of them. And I feel like no one mentioned Camarilla, finally. <laughs> so I'm not sure how Camarilla is going to be in the game. We'll see. <laughs> the stability and the unity of vampires. You wouldn't <gasps> understand it. Uh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I 
anyway, guys, I have to wrap up because I have to go to my baby. <laughs> and it was really awesome to talk with you today. And oh, yeah, for sure. I it hope was our we, pleasure. I hope we can do it again. Chad, do you want to it happen again? Because I think it was really fun. There's so many topics we can still talk about. I think yeah. we could talk for hours about these. Yeah, we'll just pick a topic and go. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. That's sort of how this one went. We picked a uh, yeah. topic and we just went. <laughs> it was really awesome. So, guys, the Bitcoin is going to happen again, right? For sure. For sure. Awesome. Then I really, I really want you all to, to give a little shout out to yourselves for the chat before we'll wrap it up. So, uh, chat will know where to follow you further. The Primogen. Can you start? Oh, okay, I'll start. Um, yes, I am the Primogen. I do lore videos every Tuesday on YouTube. The Primogen is the name of my channel. I've been doing it since July. And I also storytell uh, Changeling the Lost on the Onyx Path Twitch stream every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are on a little bit of a break now, but we'll start again next year. Howdy. I'm Hadi, Hadi von Schland on YouTube. I have Masquerade Monday every Monday, and the channel will have more World of Darkness stuff coming in 2020. And Jerish. Hello. I roleplay, if you want to see me do that, over on Roll For It. I do all sorts. But if you're into vampires, which you might be if you're here, <laughs> then uh, check out Sounds of Silence. It's an amazing group, and I guest on it as uh, a creepy Tremere. But if you want to see me talk all the time about vampires, vampire lore, and role-playing in general, then hop over to Strange Adventures on YouTube, where I do, I do that. That's the thing I do. Uh, with upcoming uh, YouTube titles, such as the top 10 characters that should come back in Bloodlines 2. <laughs> looking and forward to that. I want to watch that. I want to watch this. Yeah. It's, it, all, all 10 of them are going to be chunk. <clears throat> <laughs> I actually I said to developers already that if there's going to be no chunk, I'm going to boycott the game. Boycott. Yeah. Same. No chunk. <laughs> no primogen. Yes, exactly. No, I'm not playing the game. If there's no chunk in it. Maybe Baron is secretly chunk. That'd be great. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> so the Baron is at Simitsi then, or did they get flesh crafted by at Simitsi? How was he calling the protagonist again when you were playing as a woman? Cupcake. Yeah, you, you, you come you yeah. come to the baron for the first time and hello cupcake. Oh, <laughs> oh my no. god! Oh, that would be the worst. Chunk <laughs> will never die, girl. We're watching ninety-seven. Just saying. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Um, yeah, you. I'm Outstar. I did a video today about Codes of the Blood Guts. So if you are not supporting the book on the Kickstarter yet, go check the video out. And I'm sure that after seeing the video and hearing all the amazing things that the book has, you will feel inclined to do so. Um, the book is going to be great. So, uh, yeah, I do things like that. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining. I guess we can do a group wave now and say goodbye to people. Thank you so much, Chad, for being here. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>